They tried to make me read that tablet, but I said no, no, no. It's been pretty bad, and don't at least it's bad, you know, no, no. DC, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. I did my reviews on the roundup, they're there on the bottom. I guess you got mad, the review copies, we ain't got them. There probably was a problem. everybody and welcome back to the weird science dc comics podcast this is episode 502 legacy numbering 502 and once again eric will not be joining us tonight but we have a bunch of guest hosts in a podcast that really only has a couple books last week we ended up having a six-hour podcast some people it blew their minds it did so i had to keep reminding them that that was kind of half the time frame of some of the podcasts we used to have. We've had up to a 13-hour podcast, actually, back in the day, and regularly had 10-plus-hour podcasts. So it wasn't anything that crazy, just something that we haven't done in quite some time. It's not going to be that long this week, rest assured. We only end up having three regular DC comics that we're going to talk about on this main show and a manga. But in the meantime, if you do need more, more, more after listening to this show, you can go right over to our Patreon, help us out for what we do here, but also get things like the DC Comics Badass Patreon show, two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And this week they ended up picking World's Finest Teen Titans number three, which I ended up talking with Bray about. And then the big number one, Batman and Robin number one, that I ended up grabbing out of the mothballs all the way up there in Buffalo, Canada. I ended up getting Brandone to help me out and talk about that, him jumping back in to some DC Comics. Pretty exciting, pretty fun to hear what he had to say. So if you want to, again, listen to that, plus a ton of other shows, including a Grant Morrison podcast that I do with my man, Gray, a Walking Dead Reading Club podcast that I do with my man, Mark Jager, and a Hellboy podcast that I do with my man Simon, who we're going to hear in a little bit, and plenty more. There's still tons, tons more. Just go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience. Check out the levels, pick the one that's best for you, and then you'll get a ton of shows to listen to. But we're going to get into this, and I already did mention the badasses. Of the Get Fresh crew, they ended up picking 
those two books, Teen Titans and Batman and Robin. Let's give a little shout out to them and what we like to call the Badass Roll Call. All right, here we go. We got Steven, Bat Dad, Mitchell, Trevor, Dad Nation, yeah, 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 Eric K, Jeffrey Greek, Zach Walker, The Annihilator, Ted Probes, I Love Punchline Store, Michael S, Cam, Matt Razor, Demon Three Thousand, Niels Keyword, David Fink, Steven Baum, Jason Colby, Sue Forty Two, to you and me. I almost jumped to the second part there. Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky. I'll give you a little preview. He will be joining me next week to talk the new Wonder Woman book by Tom King. I'm looking forward to talking with Rocky, not necessarily the book. Tommy Dreamer, still dreaming away. Mark Jager, I already mentioned him. Bill Beer from the Bat Pod. Ruben. Ruben does the Marvel side of things, does the X-Men show with Jason. Carlos, no Wolf Marv, Matthew Rapier, Luke Hollywood, you'll hear his drunk ass later. Simon, you'll hear him as well. Luis, Man Shoop, Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony, G. Josh, Million, Batman Beyond, Mark, Brandy Murray. You'll hear him, or you will hear him if you get on that Patreon. Double A Ron doxing his ass in Minnesota. Perfect timing. And shout out to the all time greats, Reginald Drinkwater. And my man, Rob Lewis. And I thought about Rob Lewis a lot this week. Rob Lewis was a Jets fan. And, you know, I felt bad for him with all of that. But I had been thinking all the way into this NFL season, it was a shame because he just constantly saw the Jets fail, fail, fail. They end up getting getting Aaron Rodgers. And I thought, boy, this would have been such a cool thing for to have Rob Lewis watch and actually get excited about. And then Aaron Rodgers went down. Four snaps in, and I thought somewhere up there he is just shaking his head, probably just smiling, like, "Yep, you can't even get anything good while you're a Jets fan." Speaking of that, though, Brandon, he's a Buffalo Bills fan. It was worse for him overall, at least this one week. So we'll end up uh, going through a bunch of books. As I said, uh, I hope everybody enjoys it. I hope you continue to enjoy kind of the expanded scope of things, couple extra guest hosts, things like that. And when Eric comes back, we'll see how we fit all this in together. But for now, let's have some fun. Let's hope that Eric is getting the rest that he needs as we go off to talk one of the big books. I mean, this Batman Gargoyle of Gotham, there are few books that I ended up being more confused about the hype than this one. And I'm not talking about a book comes out and then there's hype. and I'm talking about before the book hit the shelf, people just going nuts about it. And I couldn't figure it out because I never until this week heard anybody say to me, boy, my favorite guy in all of comics is Raphael Grandpa. I mean, at some points they've said, hey, Jim, you don't like your grandpa, right? I know he was a dick is what I say about that. I think my favorite grandpa probably would be Grandpa on The Simpsons. I would say that that'd be a good one, even though I may be Grandpa Munster might be pretty cool. As well, so those are my two favorite grandpas. Then you have Raphael Grandpa, kind of cool. But we'll go off to that. It's going to be me and Simon talking about that book, and then we'll continue on with, like I said, a bunch more co-hosts and a couple books, and that's that. So let's take it away.
things the dirty world. Hell no, hell no, hell no, hell no. Hell no, hell no, hell no, hell no. Hell no, hell no, hell no, hell no. Hell no, hell no, hell no. Well, it's Tom King, it's contentious, but we all know he's pretentious. He's so stupid, it's contagious. Here comes Tom King, so pretentious. Hero Batman, now it's Penguin. Wonder Woman, bad decision. Yeah. Hey. Hey. All right, and here we go, starting off the meat and cheese with my man, Simon. What up, Simon? What up, Tim? What up? And I, we were talking before we got on here about a lot of things, actually. <laughs> about but, a lot of things, yeah, yeah. for a while, but I ended up saying that I was going to come on and say this is your first time on the main show. You have been helping me out since Eric stepped away yes. for a bit. You've been helping me out, but every book ends up on the spotlight. I yeah. ended up asking I don't know if you wanted to do that. Super popular with the badasses, or like it might be. It's pure I actually thought this was going to get picked <laughs> by the badasses. I really did, though. I wanted to talk to you about it. It seemed the fancier stuff. I like to lean on you because you're fancy. But wow. even that said, you were on the podcast a bunch of times back in the day, doing Lois Lane. Yes, I took exception to you hating the Lois Lane book so much. Yeah. Um, and then by the end of that series, you were probably right. I was right that, again. That See? book lost its weight. Like, the first issue was very strong. I still like that first issue, but overall, the series lost its weight quite massively. I, I could smell a stinker from a mile away, which is a pretty <laughs> good way to segue into this first book. This is a weird book, and this is a book, and it is the whole Batman gargoyle of Gotham number one, Raphael Grandpa. And when you, you hear the name, kind of a cool name, Hey, yeah. Raphael Grandpa, right? He's got, he's got one of those names in comics where, like, you hear him, like, mentioned a lot, and everyone goes, oh, Raphael Grandpa. Yeah, it's really exciting that he's doing a thing, or he's got a cover here, or, you know, a short story there. But I don't know why. And you're not even talking about quality. You're no, actually I just, just talking. I mean, like, pure output. Like, he hasn't done much. What has the guy done to deserve this praise? And so you end up thinking, like, oh, my God, like, what did they, like, hey, I want to check out some of his work. I want to see what's going on. And when you look, especially at DC, but overall, he's done a couple short stories and one shots and one like he, he graphic does, novel. He does like he does about 40 pages every five years is his like average output. So to be able to put, I think this is planned at four issues. This is four times longer than anything else he's ever written in comic book format. I went off and, you know, I read what little of his I could find, which consisted of, like, two things. I I read his uh, short story in Batman Black and White from back in 2013, and I read his original graphic novel, Mesmo Delivery. Mesmo Delivery looks far better than this book. Mesmo Delivery has this, like, aggressively, like, cartoonish style. It's vibrant. It's hyper-violent. It's excessively gory. And I did wonder, like, off the back of that, what is this Batman book going to look like? Is it going to, like, is it going to fall in that sort of vein? Like, I, I only have two books of his to, like, guess his style. Kind of reminds me of, like, a Chris Burnham mixed with some Frank yeah. Miller. And one of the things he did, though, that uh, Dark Knight Golden Child that Frank Miller wrote, he did the art on that. 
and everybody everybody remembers and fondly reads that book every six months oh, yeah, just to the keep Golden it fresh Child. in their memory. Don't Brandon, yeah. I went back and I know I because that Dark Knight stuff that was coming out, I knew that Brandon would have reviewed it. And I looked; he did give it a three out of ten. <laughs> and when I looked at his actual review. He didn't like the art either. It's just not his style. Again, it's a stylistic thing. And I think that most people are going to end up saying they bought this for the art, but it just, it, it doesn't really do anything for me. I mean, overall, you have a very stylistic looking Batman, but there's no page in this that I would say that I'd say, Oh my God, look at this. There's no like big, like splash page no. or like huge, like, sequence of events that really makes you call out and go like this is a genuinely great artist there's no like the the pencil work is fine the anatomy is pretty good like he's got a slightly cartoonish take in the style that he's using here that works which for fits what's the, the story play. yeah it fits the story again like we we've discussed before we started recording there's some genuine issues with panel progression here that don't make a lot of sense that as we go into this that there are going to be people that are just Oh my God, it's Raphael Grandpa. How dare you? I hate your gut. Okay, yeah. And I will say to those people, name me four other books he's drawn. If you're such a big fan of Raphael Grandpa, name me four other books he's drawn. It really plays out a lot of this. It feels like people are like, just out of nowhere, they have eaten up the hype and regurgitated it without actually looking into it. But there's going to be people who like this anyway. Rocky really liked it, and that's fine. I just, I ended up reading it, and I'll tell you right now, as I was reading it, I was sending messages to Simon in our Slack, and I was getting more and more angry as I was reading <laughs> it. And really, through that whole thing, it took me so long to get through this issue when at the end, I could barely tell half of what went on anyway. And really, it didn't feel like I mean, I think that you get like 10 cent story for a $7 book here. It's all going to be art. And if you don't like the style, you're done. This feels like someone that's used to writing for like 40 odd pages for a complete story, stretching it to multiple issues. If, if you, if you bear him, if you bear in mind, he's never had to write more than one issue of a book. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> he's never had to have a, a like a mid-story cliffhanger or like resolve it in the next one or like stretch a story out to multiple issues and structure it correctly. He's, this is the this is all the first for him. I think that this needed a stronger editorial. Did DC have any editors to actually do that I job? I have no idea. Minute? But this is Batman. Struggle of Gotham, one of four. It is written by Eisner Woodwing, Raphael Grandpa. It was shared with like five other people. It's not even his Eisner. It's one fifth of an Eisner back in like 2007, by the way. There's a lot of reviews for this already. One review says that it's the best book they've read in, in a century. Is this the first book they've read this century? I, I don't know. But we start out and you end up having a Gotham City and you end up having a narration that's very heavy narrated. Which, you know, that's not my thing. We have right a away. Rorschach monologue moment right at the start. That's of the how book. it feels. It needed to be tweaked a little. There are, are phrases and the way that there's sentence structures that come off feels like it's supposed to be fancier that way. But a lot of it just doesn't hit. And throughout all this, you're going to have Raphael Grandpa really center on some things and really extend scenes with things that don't really matter or at least don't matter yet. And I think that maybe you could end up, you know, arguing with us that, yeah, of course, we're going to have to wait for the four issues to come out. But I'm here for my first impression. I'm here to read what should be a solid start. And I think that this is a complete and utter mess 
of a story that we, you we barely can even follow. in front of us. We can't speculate as to which of these things he is going to resolve and isn't going to resolve. Like personally, I'm not going to massively like downscore him for things that could be resolved later, but like. I also can't give him the benefit of the doubt. I can't say that, oh, these threads, this little hint there, that little thing there is, is going to pay off at the end. So you end up starting with at least three pages, maybe three and a half of just, hey, that Gotham shithole. That, that's really what it is, seeing random scenes. This doesn't really set up anything except telling us, hey, Gotham's a shithole that has a lot of bad people around and they're doing bad things. The thing that makes me laugh is three pages. I would need that if you were giving me a Gotham that wasn't a shithole. If you were actually saying, oh my God, this is my Gotham. I'm Batman and I really don't have a lot to do because, hey, everything's great. Everything's kosher. And when I left the city, came back, it actually surprised me. It was good. But no, you're, you're pretty much being told in three pages of Gotham's a shithole. And then so through the art, we're seeing, you know, random scenes. Yeah, random crimes, corruption, wife beating, people being assholes. I yeah, can tell the it's... guy's a jerk. He's not only wearing flip-flops, but he's also watching soccer in America. <laughs> I mean, that really oh. shows something. Oh, yeah, also he beat his wife. At least he's not watching that terrible Gotham Knights quarterback for the game. Well, again. that's true. Thanks, Tom King. This is all your fault. Oh, my God. You mean people actually do coke there? Oh, my God. You have people prisoners? Like, all these don't even give you enough of anything except setting up gritty, crime-ridden Gotham, which we always get. This doesn't really set a time frame. I actually like at one point that you do set a time frame when Gordon shows up and they say Detective Gordon. Gordon's, Gordon's pegged as detective. He said that over the past year, Batman has done X, which means that we're probably in about the second year of Batman being around. Yeah, Gotham. that's what I guessed about the second year. And it's going to be its own thing and it's going to give a new rogues gallery in this. And just wanted to get on with it because this over narration doesn't really set anything up or really do much it's it's your bog standard introduction to gotham that we've all read a thousand times before like gotham is a shithole like the only the only thing this does above and beyond anything else that any other intro to gotham has ever done is harp on endlessly about children and bat bruce being a child and going away and coming back and bruce's childhood is going to be a recurring theme in this and so then you go and it, it at first it appears okay we're at a random meth lab it, that's what it looks like, where you have a bunch of people who are, you know, tied up, shackled. They end up having to do this work. This guy keeps yelling, hey, you're you're behind schedule. You're going to have to do this. <laughs> I did find this kind of funny, to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't know if it was meant to be funny, but I did kind I of think giggle at them being like, now you're going to have to work twice as hard. It's like you've got people chained up in a fucking, like, drug lab of some sort. Like, turns out not to be a drug lab, but. Yeah. Even then, like, they're making dynamite. They're making yeah, explosives they're making TNT. here. It's like, so, like, why? Why have you got, why do you need a whole factory of, like, slaves to make TNT? How much of it are you making? I'm going to give them credit. They're trying to do assembly line thing here, but like, this guy's pouring ammonia there. This guy's working the blender. The other guy looks like he's, like, putting a little bit into that, that, jug i'm like what are they even doing i think and he's taking the cap off the jug but like yeah but that's his job to, that's his one job just uncapped bottles of ether and and so you're, you're gonna get a lot of the smell in the air the ether all this stuff going on as you end up having you know you even see you see this glare coming up from uh, up up top and I'll, I'll give you the one thing too when you talk about the art 
I think Mateus Lopez's colors are actually more impressive than the yes. art is in this. I think the color work is great. The, the the color work's got a fabulous like to tie with the pencil work. The color work's got like this fabulous, almost like hand colored feel to it, like with crayons, like like crayon pencil type things. I, I really was impressed with that. So you end up seeing this glow, and you go in, and we're introduced before we even know it to this villain. And this villain who goes by, supposedly, we see Crytune. I hope, I hope they change that name. Like, there's a, there's a splash page later on where the villain just says the line hurt at the tail end of a big speech. And I thought it was going to be hurt. And I was like, hurts are pretty good because, like, his, like, gimmick is the cartoonish comic violence. So you end up where this guy's watching these cartoons, but in that he is, Kind of studying. This is ultra violent card. You know, Looney Tunes. This is yeah. itchy and scratchy. That's kind of intriguing. A lot of the stuff, again, when I got done this first issue, I ended up thinking that a lot of this was surface level, like, ooh, that's cool. But then once you start to actually think about how it progressed and how it was presented, you're like, yeah, it wasn't that cool. <laughs> I really like it as a concept. I think it fits quite nicely into like the wider Batman universe, this idea of a guy who is obsessed with cartoon violence to an, an extraordinary degree. They always say that you know the, the best part about Batman's uh, rogue gallery is that they are all mirrors of little parts of himself. And so this is supposed to tie into the idea of young Bruce Wayne, and also at a meta level, it also ties into the idea that you know Batman is a comic. Batman is a cartoon. That's what I wanted a little more, though, of that idea. Yeah. Where I think conceptually the villain has legs. I could see him like having a life outside of this comic and showing up somewhere else. No, maybe. It probably won't because no one ever uses anybody else's ideas label, anymore. So we'd have yeah. to see how they would, but it, it's possible. And uh, you know, I like him already more than the Batman or less. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he needs to have dynamite for his Looney Tunes type violence. He wants to end up doing it. And it does make sense where one thing is they send these two people who are chained up. They have to go down in the basement, collect some things. And it looks like, you know, they end up kind of seeing Batman. But they they scream. But it's not that. It's Batman screaming to lead them down there. It's kind of a weird play. And yeah, it is Batman screaming, isn't it? They say we didn't scream. Yeah. Isn't that weird? But it's kind of a neat way to pull them down. But even in that, the scene just ends up devolving so quickly that you don't even get that, like, Batman from the Shadow Steel. We have this punch-out panel of a, a small child beating someone in a trucker's cap. It's in black and white and red for the blood. A, a small child is beating someone around the face in a trucker's cap with, like, a, a police bat on type. I don't know why this is here. I'm assuming, you know, again little bit of benefit of the doubt but if the idea is you know later on we get to the idea of an incident at a school and kids being part of uh, an, uh, an arkham wing was this is this a flashback to a young bruce wayne it just kind of feels like it's out of nowhere there yeah because it kind of doesn't it doesn't directly tie to anything else that's happening on the page it's a small child in a suit that's doing the damage which you know we isn't yeah. anybody else that's around this isn't something that's happening right now this is obviously yeah. something no, that's no, happening that's a flashback and then when they go yeah. down the one guy says because you gotta call somebody now call everybody and then the one guy goes oh man did you hear a scream like that like before? that before okay and because he is kind of looks like he might be yelling that scream before but even if it was just imagine like this guy but the guy doesn't look like he's anything involved with a school or anything or whatever but the, the voice and the scream would be a little different unless he has a... It's weird. I mean, this would be a little Bruce Wayne if it's Bruce. He's not going to sound like that anymore. Does he ever... It's, it's weird. 
And then they just kind of, this is what happens a lot in this issue. They end up saying something and then just kind of pushing it aside. Have you yeah. heard that before? Nobody really says anything. And then I like the idea of Batman, like, pulling one guy into the shadows there. Yeah, the basing, classic kind of Batman stuff. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. And then, though, Batman just goes to town on them and even just, I mean, you're going to get a violent Batman here. He pokes out a guy's eyes, which is vicious, right? Like, it's hilarious because he pokes the guy in the eye and says, this is the last, this is the thing he'll see for the last time. Until he recovers It's like okay <laughs> Warner Brothers stepped in and said We're not having Batman gouge somebody's eyes out I think some things are clever Quick thing when Gordon comes the, Hey Detective Gordon That's a nice way to frame things Yes Raphael Grandpa does something here That you don't really think of Batman's smart These guys aren't shooting guns They are yeah. running around with knives But that doesn't make sense either Because he says That he was led to that lab By the trace chemicals On one of the murder victims he said he found traces of TNT on the murder victims, which led him to that lab. So why is he now surprised that it's a TNT lab? I thought it was clever now that you brought that up. It makes me feel like a dummy. But yeah, they're not shooting guns. But while all this is happening, you have Crygtoon. He's just upstairs with a couple hammers, and he's watching cartoons and making his drawings while Batman is going ham in the basement. All this stuff is going wrong. All these things that I'm like, don't like the way this whole thing was really set up, the way that this plays out and what is going on and trying to figure out the whole entire story because afterwards, like everybody's just destroyed. You just have this cry tune. He's just watching cartoons. You see yeah. the thing. I love the idea, though. Badass Batman, he ain't taking no stairs. He's got a grapple hook to the thing. Yeah. All right, I can zip line like a badass or I can take those weird stairs. It's, it's only stairs. like six foot above me. Like, it's barely even worth it, but I'm going to zip line. While all that was going on, the rest of the people have been killed. And, and again, the idea of having a hammer in a guy's head, it, it's over the top. Batman, go up and then go in, and then you see this Crytoon cartoon playing. It looks like Crytoon has left, and he's watching this whole deal against the wall. Kind of plays off in yeah, the spotlight deal. he's got an old deal. school projector. Like, and then you've got like the classic like Batman... The Batman design that Raphael Grandpa's got reminds me very much of like the 1939 original Golden Age Batman, and it's I do quite like the design in some ways. Although there's a Jim Lee variant cover of this book where I think like Jim Lee draws a better version of Raphael Grandpa's Batman than he does, Uh, and he's got like the classic uh, I can't remember which issue of Batman it is, but there's a Golden Age Batman comic where he does that in front of a spotlight. So it's a nice little throwback as he walks in front of the camera lens. But it isn't a real bulky, big Batman. You know, no. this is the thinner. Like, his very legs are really very thin. Slim line. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of think that's cool. When you have him against that wall with the spotlight, you see his legs. They're not huge. He skips leg day. We only saw in the shadow of Craig but we kind of got a little look of his face. Yeah, and this is this is where he does the thing which I said earlier, where he says, uh, Batman goes to pick up one of his sketches up the floor, and he says, don't touch them. Don't touch my thoughts. Don't want to know how much my thoughts. And then page turn, big, like, one page of the new villain, and he says, Hurt. And I was like, okay, so the new villain's called Hurt. Like, that's it. Like, that's the thing. Nope. Crytoon. Now you tell me he's called Crytoon, which is, Crytoon is the name of the actual cartoon that he keeps watching. I hope he's actually called Hurt. And it's just, like, all of the marketing people and the editors are just dumb as shit and don't realize that they've confused the two. 
you end up where Batman is there and he ends up seeing this villain. And that's probably the most impressive page. I guess that would be the page. But it's only impressive if this character has legs and keeps going. Yeah, It's okay. It's kind of in black and white. It goes with the cartoons that he's watching that are from like the 30s. And so they end up where they're going to fight. It's a brutal fight. You get some absolutely incredible sound effects. The single best thing in this book is the environmental use of the sound effects. Like they really live in the environment. And there's a great one where he gets knocked off the banister and he's written crash in the wooden banisters. Yeah. Which is just lovely. I yeah, love that's it. cool. So while that's going on, though, and you can sit there and tell me all you want that, oh, my God, thank God. We have this new Batsuit that Alfred, you know, hey, did it go well? I think it's good. There is no way. I mean, Batman at one point gets hit in the face with a hammer. Yeah, that's not even hitting the cow. That's the jaw. (laughs) He's done. And then you end up and you can't tell me that if somebody hits you in the back of the head with a hammer and you actually vomit out gallons of blood that you're not getting hurt. He gets smashed over the back of the head with an anvil later, and then goes, uh, I guess I can still walk. Yeah, it's funny. When we get to that, he almost says, like, I'm paralyzed, but I'm going to make myself walk. It's very odd, but yeah. it's over the top. Again, that's the play here, but it's weird. It's it's like, okay, I'm getting this really hyper-action scene here, but what is it doing again? It's just this over the top. Yeah, we don't see Batman get the crap kicked out of him like this a lot. But what is it really doing? Because as you have this going on, you just again have Batman with his narration. He wants to dance with me. He wants me awake. I'm his date in a dance where he's the only one who knows the steps. He drags me into a suicidal choreography. Okay, we already got it. I got it the first no, panel. Jim, you don't have to keep we've got going. three more panels of this. I know. <laughs> Buck up. Whispering a deadly lullaby in my ear. Nothing to lose, nothing to win, nothing to hide. Okay, I get it. I get it. Batman's getting the shit kicked out of him. And it's this crazy deal that this guy is just going to town. But again, Batman ends up, oh, my God, I'm in trouble playing very much like a Jason Todd with a Joker here where he has been beaten by not a crowbar, but a hammer as the whole building he's in blows up. And I'm like, what just went on? (laughs) Batman survives. And then they end up that's because of this costume. Bullshit. Like this whole building just blew up again very Collapsed joker jason yeah. todd s and he gets a hold of alfred alfred come get me all right and i mean at this point we are you know almost halfway through maybe like a third Slightly of the way but yeah yes there is action in here and for the most part though i ended up pretty bored and the reason why i was bored is you have this action Raphael grandpa you're known as an artist right this yeah. action scene should have had no narration did you get rid of those freaking narration panels yes, because there's no is, need for them there's no need to have he's dancing with me in a lullaby of pain i don't need that shit it's it's just cliche and tropey the, the real play here is how vicious the fight is right of all the things that like of all the things in the narration boxes the final ones may be important enough to keep which is nothing but the real face of pain and finally i find something true in gotham like that is the the summary of what you need to get out of this fight is that batman sees something in this new villain that's different from what's currently going on in gotham that's all you need the rest of it is is fluff the action scenes more violent than we usually see just let that tell the story here you said when he calls for alfred in the wreckage of this building you can then end up saying you know this is something i haven't seen before oh my god i gotta regroup but even then my biggest play here is we don't really know what he's seen before because this is a different book it's a black label it's a gotham deal that we haven't seen we just know that it's a piece of shit gotham like usual 
And so when you end up, you go off to Gordon. And again, there, there's some weird place. You know, I, I don't mind seeing, you know, the city. Then he wakes up and he goes and he looks at his dad. But it is a lot of things just feel a little extended in a way that it feels like, all right, I'm going to draw this and it's going to be cool. When you get to the, hey, Detective Gordon, what do you have to say to the people of Gotham? You end up having a reporter yelling because there's, and I thought that this was fully, he's there at the blast scene because that's huge. I mean, yeah. they show across the city. A yeah, huge there's a explosion. huge explosion, and apparently Gordon doesn't even find out about it until after he's done with his crime scene. I would have thought that would have been the first thing he got told when he went into work that morning. Oh yeah, by the way, huge explosion last night. The transition's not great because they end up finding a body. Oh my god, a body, it's got the same pattern, and it ends up where somebody is stabbing these victims, and they end up being naked because he wants to humiliate them. They're trying to go through the deal, and, and you do mention the blowfly thing, that seems to be one of those things that in that's, a detective yeah. deal, that is so cliche now, that's the thing yes. that people, that's supposed to make you smart, that you know the eggs and the hatching and things like that, but that's been done so many times, it's okay. Hey, Gordon, you hear about that huge explosion that ripped heaven? What? I didn't hear nothing like that. Oh, man, they think the Batman was there. It should have woken you up, the size of it, Gordon. I know. Like, Even when massive. you go to the progression, yeah. it looks like he's like right down the block. It's okay. It sets up things, but it's not anything that's going to wow me where the police are like, man, that Batman piece of shit. I think that we should take him in. Hey, you stop it there, buddy. He's done more to help this city than you. I'm Gordon. Yeah. I like the Batman. All right, you're not doing anything new. No, you're just reinforcing, like, we are at this point in Batman's career where Gordon is the lone good detective in Gotham. He's the only ally that Batman has, like, and he's not yet commissioner, so he can't make changes. They've already recognized him as the guy who was kind of down with the Batman, and a lot of us don't like that. I mean, we've seen this a bunch of times. It does set the book up for, okay, this is what we're doing. But it's not anything that's cool or surprising or wows me. It it ends up like, okay, you're just really showing us maybe like a Gotham without the actual rogues gallery that we usually have to just insert your rogues gallery. Because even in the solicits, it says there's going to be a bunch of other villains introduced. But that that isn't a thing like I'm not getting the idea here of like, man, it's a cool Gotham because there's no Joker yet. Yeah. If this is a year two Batman, then yeah, you have to assume that the rogues gallery aren't there. He's probably just off the back of dealing with the crime family. He hasn't dealt with anything like this crime tune. That gives you that idea. Okay. This is the beginning and whatnot of it, but it doesn't intrigue me in a way of like a what if or oh this is a cool twist or turn. Yeah. It just ends up being it's just its a thing. substitution and it's not particularly interesting. Maybe that was the play, and I still think it was overdone at the beginning, was to show you this is more of a realistic, grittier, you know, almost like a, a Nolan type universe. Like the opening was almost like comically like eighties movie New York kind of corrupt. I think that that's what he thinks is like the real gritty stuff. I don't know. Classic 80s movie where they're like walking the streets of New York and it's just like hookers and cocaine everywhere on every street corner. Yeah. After this deal where Gordon's like, you shut up. You're a jerk and Batman's great. You go to a, a <laughs> this crazy transition. Is it a transition? Because all of a sudden you just <laughs> see people on the slum streets and in the subways with an over narration that we don't know what or who it is. To them find out it's just some random girl. We've got two pages with no connection to the story, no connection to 
other than the fact that Gotham is mentioned in the first two seconds, like no like wider connection to anything in this book. You could insert this into any book and it would make about as much sense. And, and it gets very political and social stuff in there. The, the rich are bad and the, the poor yeah, people overlook. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I can't say I disagree with what's being no, said, but it's just like... because it's generic, it's, right? Yeah, like there's no, there's no value in like this being as part of the story yet. Like, again, again, we have to suffix everything we say about this thing with yet. It could pay off, but at the minute, in this issue, we never see this uh, young girl again. The the social media thing she did is never mentioned again. We never see her arsehole boss who's threatening to fire her because the rich people might be that fund the charity she works for might be upset. She's working for an organization. This guy's like, man, you shouldn't be putting this stuff yeah, on the, the social the something media. Yeah, he says, hey, our donors are going to think that, you know, this is all bad. You're creating a movement against us. Ten dollar bet by the end yeah. of this series. I know you're not going to read any of it. But $10 bet, by the end of this series, this girl is going to convince Batman slash Bruce Wayne that he can help more people by being Bruce Wayne and using his money to help. So you think that somehow she'll get involved? It'll be be that classic, like, oh, why doesn't Bruce Wayne just solve poverty poverty with his money rather than beating up insane people argument? But, like, it's just that. We've got Batman thinking about killing off Bruce Wayne, and at some point he's going to have to decide not to do it. Do you get the end where he actually finagles the death of Batman? And then only becomes oh. Bruce Wayne. Then Raphael Grandpa's never going to get a, a, a gargoyle of, Bat- of Gotham 2, is he? Like, well, that's true. But I mean, if we're going to get it the way he works, we're going to get it in 2050. Yeah. So what does it matter? So she goes off, very odd, just thrown in there. Then to go with just so much narration of there's Bruce. He's down in the back. Cave. And again, this is where I actually, and I was talking to Rocky and trying to get the point in my mind. You're in the Batcave. You just had Dan Moore. He showed the Batcave. I forget what, yeah. but, but it was like, oh my God, it's so cool. He's having a fun time. He's doing this. You have it in the, the Fortress of Solitude a lot too, where you can have that fun. Yeah, you can have a nice big splash page, wide open panel. You can have a couple of like Easter eggs in the background. You can go, oh, yeah. like there's the T-Rex. There's the thing. Whereas this is just a dark cave. Like, I get that it's year two Batman, but it's it's a dark cave with half a dozen monitors. A kind of funny deal with the microscope. Again, it's not like you're going to sit there and go, oh my God, you got to see this. He's like, got a lot of VCR players as well. Yeah, Jesus really. Christ. I mean, he's, he's well, he, he likes to keep up on his porn collection, but yeah, he's all beat up and they're talking about the idea. And he says, I used to fight gangsters, criminals and lunatics, but this assassin was something completely new. He's not really at this point seemingly tying it into this whole serial killer deal. He's calling it more an assassin. And, and so there's a lot of things that kind of get, you know, swirled around. He's looking at this cartoon cartoon yeah. and thinking, okay, this guy. But you kind of get the idea that it's all connected. He's also got his painkillers and things. And Alfred is upset because he thinks that maybe Batman's going a little yeah, too far. Yeah, you're going too far, Bruce. Like, the the amount of damage you're taking, you, you know, the, the suit's great, but you're still like taking damage under the suit you know we've had books in the the recent past with say a snarky alfred that kind of makes you giggle and things like that and changing it up a bit but 
this doesn't really change much. I think that that's why I was bored for the most part. I was quite pleased when I saw Alfred, actually, because the Batman Black and White story that he did was secretly, very prominently, an Alfred story. Out of nowhere, like, oh, by the way, I'm going to set up the death of Bruce Wayne. And this this is the thing that they bang on about in all of the solicits for this book. This is a Batman who's going to kill Bruce Wayne. And what happens when you kill Bruce Wayne and there's only Batman left? And he says, I've been planning this for ages. Things are getting worse. I need a full-time protector. After I solve this case, I will take the necessary measures. And you can guarantee that when he's solved the case and we're in issue four, he's going to go, actually, I've changed my mind. We need a Bruce Wayne. Only a Bruce Wayne can help solve the problems in this city. It's kind of goofy. The idea of he has to get rid of the Bruce Wayne persona because he wants to be Batman full time. Yet most people argue and complain that he kind of is Batman all the time and we don't ever see Bruce Wayne is, in a lot of instances, known as being a semi-recluse anyway. There's ways to go about it. Opening a can of worms that he doesn't need to open up the idea of who gets the money. Is he going to leave the money to Alfred? Is there going to be the mansion? You have got the mansion over your cave system in your back cave. Like, what are you going to do with, like, the mansion? Like, are you going to, yeah. It's a stupid idea. Just imagine it's like, oh, I left everything to Alfred, but that doesn't do anything for a story that just then ends yeah. up being oh alfred takes care of everything now i get to spend every night being batman like i do anyway <laughs> this really feels like Raphael grandpa is doing that weird play of somebody wants to solve a problem that has been going on for 80 years in the comic and they found a clever way to do it but in this comic and in any batman thing we've ever read the idea, Batman has canceled more soirees, meetings, and parties than he's ever gone to anyway. Yes. He always leaves it to Alfred. You know, like, this would be the idea if you really want to do something and really makes sense to me. Old Alfie there is like, I'm sick of this shit. Get rid of it. You don't want to be Bruce. Just get rid of Bruce. I'm sick of making excuses for you. I'm sick of going. That would make more sense. Just sit there and you're excited about this. Oh, man, this means he could be Batman every night. Oh, wait a minute. Like I said, we talked about this. The idea that this book feels like it has something cool until you actually think about it. And you're like, yeah. no, that's just what we always get. Like, it doesn't do anything for a story just to have this said. I think that you're exactly right. I think that you cracked the case. The idea of setting this up isn't to get that cool moment because it isn't cool. It's, never it's to yet. not get it. To make it yeah. work in a story by the end and to be the twist. And you do the twist, and the twist is that actually Bruce Wayne is the key to solving yeah. Gotham's problems. Yeah. If the point of this story was what happens when you kill Bruce Wayne, we would have killed Bruce Wayne. You wouldn't be threatening to do it. You would just do it and then start exploring the consequences. This book was genuinely about the consequences of killing Bruce Wayne. That could have been page one. Then you end up getting detective work and you do get detective work the problem i have is by the end of the detective work you pretty much have batman going through all of this nonsense about how oh my god do you think this was an ice pick i don't think it was we ended up seeing these wounds we did this they ended up being paralyzed all this stuff that just is thrown at you with yeah. kind of cool art and then gordon to say yeah, that's there's, what I there's a lot of obsession over the idea of, like, we don't know what this weapon with was. It's unidentified. It's something we don't know. Just noticed, actually, like, the four victims that they've got on top of the thing, the little picture for the fourth one, uh, Vontabel, that is a, a self-portrait of Raphael Grandpa. 
Miller, comma, Bob Kay is obviously Frank Miller, Bob Kane. Daniel Fincher, I'm assuming, considering Raphael Grandpa's done some directing work, it might be David Fincher? Yeah, I'm not sure who Walker Keenan, Keenan Walker well, might Keenan be. Well, Keenan would obviously be Keenan from Keenan and Kel. He's a big fan of Good Burger. <laughs> Batman's going through this. The victims were killed by an initial blow to the spinal cord between the C1 and C2 vertebrae. To me, this ends up being a bit of a boring deal to then end with. Gordon says, perfect, that's what I concluded. We both read the same coroner's notes. Thank you, Batman. Batman says, well, if I could have seen the bodies at the court, I could have been faster than you. And then Gordon says, you know I can't do that. You're an outlaw. (laughs) Seeing all the stuff about what the murder weapon was, we don't know. It's kind of a nice pick, but it's smaller. There's not much to it to then lead to the next play of, oh, Dr. Franz Ebner. Here's here's an unconnected, unsolved murder from from 30 years ago. He ended up dying with the same type of little puncture wound. And uh, we ended up, and I'm going to go talk to the guy who shared his cell 30 years ago in prison Uh, to see what I can find out. And then Batman ends up disappearing as he does. You have all this playing out and then suddenly Crytune, again, just in a mansion, talking to a producer who seems to have bought a but like we're back to the yeah. Crytune actual thing and, and nothing really feels like it's connected. Everything at this point, and yeah, it's a first issue. We keep saying that, but it feels so disconnected that they just seem yeah, like random scenes. we still need scenes. something to tie these breadcrumbs together at this point. We don't have to have all the facts, but we need something to tie it together. Like, I just wanted to feel like a big one story, yeah, not just random things thrown He's obviously gone to this producer because the producer bought the rights to the cartoon that he's obsessed with and he wants the stuff. But like, how does this connect to like the murders? How does it connect to the TNT factory? Like, it's completely unrelated. This is where I said extended scenes and things like that. And the producer actually starts like, "Oh, that junk, that stuff sucks." And I got it, yeah. But I, I'm a serious producer. I don't have to deal with the car. Why'd you buy them then? But he has them. Ah, they're in storage, whatnot. And then you just end up having Crytune runs over to. What is a, a fireplace? It's a charcoal drawing, which is pretty impressive. It looks like this guy works better in charcoal <laughs> than he does in like crayons. Yeah. Crayon and paper, not as medium. He needs charcoal no. and wall. It's an ultra realistic type deal of. Yeah, a big shadowy figure tearing someone's ap- head apart to get to their brain. Yeah. You get this play and you want to make this villain what it is. And the guy's like, hey, I know you don't want to do this. You're crying because you don't want to do this. Oh, no. My cry only foreshadows your own. I'm like, that's not really that much of a shit talk deal when you're going to end up ripping a guy's brain out. You know what I mean? Like, There's also no payoff to this because we never see the producer's body. We don't know whether he actually does this or not. So that's where Batman and Alfred decide on their play. They're going to go talk to the widow of the creator of this whole cartoon deal. And you end up where the guy, he died years ago. I don't know what Batman is currently doing, by the way. Hey, I don't he's know just what... swinging around town. He's just, he's doing just climbing shit. the I... side of a building. Like, Gordon's off interviewing the prison. You've sent Alfred off to interview the... Alfred know, like, says, do? please don't have Batman show up. It'll scare the shit out of this lady. She'll yeah. have a heart attack. But he is really big on, I'm not Bruce Wayne anymore, so I can't go. So I'm going to send you trying to get info. But what is this lady going to have? And we already know that this producer who ends up in that room with Crytune already bought the stuff. So Alfred does go an extended scene again that really only comes down to, like we said before, of just a eureka type deal of, oh, 
You know why my husband ended up retiring from the crag team stuff. You're a big fan, so you would know the incident. We don't talk about the incident anymore. Yeah. And then says that the lawyers and everything, that nobody knows about the incident. It got So how would Alfred know when she's saying yeah. all this? It makes no sense. She gives him cake. That becomes a thing as we go. But then you end up seeing that the big incident had to do with a school. You get this idea that yeah. crag tune or whatever. End up being obsessed with cartoon violence. Crytoon is probably the son or some relation to the creator of this work. Yeah. Might be a little bit young for all the, you know, he, fully... he went mad. He attacked someone in the class. He got committed to Arkham. Like, and um, yeah, like that's, that's, that's the backstory. And you do see a classroom with some blood and things like that. And then, I mean, the scene just ends. Once you get that out there, it's like, all right, you got to go, Alfred. I already told you the important thing about that school. Now get the hell out of here. He says, if it's not too much to ask, I just have one more request, which is to an extra slice of cake for I Bruce. feel like she's like, get the hell out of here. So then you go to Gordon, who's doing his work. He's talking to the cellmate of this character from 30 years ago. <laughs> The guy's like, yeah, we didn't like that guy. He's always scribbling shit. We called him Geist because he was German and he kept talking about ghosts. And hey, Geist is Geist is German. Yeah, you get it? And then oh, he's God. like, this whole story ends up being based on what this guy can remember from 30 years ago. And it's not going anywhere until suddenly McCray says, oh, by the way, this kid used to visit. He Everything ends up being that, oh, by the way. Not asked yeah. about, not known, and you get this whole play of here is the most important information that's just going to slip out. Not only is this information not asked for, but it's in response to a completely different question. Exactly. Like he talks about like how he was constantly writing, constantly journaling, all day, all night, sometimes without sleeping. And then Gordon goes, did you ever read what he wrote? And he goes, no, but unrelated point, he was visited a lot by a small child. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You already kind of said that he didn't talk much, right? Geist, ghost man. He didn't really say much. You didn't seem to like him or whatnot. How are you going to know? who? Because you're in a cell. It's not. He'd have to come back and say, hey, get this, guys. This little boy, he came to look at my writing, and you guys are assholes. Like, he wouldn't even know this. And you end yeah. up where it's just thrown out there without being asked, not set up, just says, oh, there's a boy who seemed interested. And yet, where Gordon says, and what did he say about this boy? McCray, get back here. Your time's up. I'm out of here. Bring more cigarettes next time. That only then leads to Gordon to go and look at the visitor's log that he should have probably he done at just one done point anyway. anyway yeah. And seeing this, he sees that some guy, kid, did come a lot and visit. So while we get that then, did then get Batman, who he's finally on the case, but nothing connects. You get the cake, it's really good, thanks a lot, but call me Batman. <laughs> and he ends up, now it's to get the to where the memorabilia Batman was stored. Yeah. So it's that twist and turn around. We still don't know what happened to the producer, but he's there at this play where he goes into this warehouse with all of this steel and gets hit over the head with an anvil by Crytoon, who's dressed up as a yes. cartoon character, almost a mascot. There is no way. You see this. There is no way that Batman is living. And this is what I said, where he starts to narrate. And he says, I snap my head back into place. All right. Then he says, but my legs say they need to learn to walk again. That That's to me says he's paralyzed. Such a weird turn of phrase. I snap my head back into place. 
like he broke his neck, snaps it in. We we saw this. It's like a Tom King thing back in the whole I am Bane stuff and I am suicide. But still, I know that Double A Ron loved that when he ended up fixing his back by punching a wall. But you end up when he when you say yeah. my legs say they need to learn to walk again, that means you can't walk. And yeah. he says, I deny it. In my mind, that's Ooh. trying to play off a badass isn't, Batman isn't deal. Batman such a badass? Yeah, no, that's what it's insane. supposed to be. It's like, like yeah, it's that's too ridiculous. Much. It's too much. It's, it's too, too much. over the top. It's too much. And then you end up because all this is going on while then Gordon just goes over. Like you don't really get an in between much of this either. Gordon gets the name on the ledger and just heads off to Arkham. So we have to go with that. But in the meantime, the yeah, one... I don't know where he got from. You didn't really see it. Then we find out that the name he found in the ledger was Charles Quinton, which was a doctor at Arkham. And it's like, but we were told he was visited by a boy. Or was he a doctor? Like, it, it's weird. It's it's odd. Maybe he, I don't know. I was going to say some people get mad at me. But in this play, you do have where Crytune and a, a poor guard's there. He doesn't know what to do. And you see Crytune grab one of the reels and then gets this guard to get into a truck. So Crytune gets into this truck and says to this guard, time for a speed race. What the hell is that? A speed race? Step I on it. No. Doesn't even look like he's in the truck fully. This guy ends up flooring it. Could someone have told Raphael Grandpa that Warner Brothers owned the right to wacky races and he could have just <laughs> said time for a wacky race? But time for a speed race feels like it's something really mistranslated. Yeah. You end up, if they go, Batman gets in his this crazy Batmobile. Blind machine. Worst name Where ever. He's just this- welded a bunch of metal plates to the windows whilst leaving the engine exposed. Alfred doesn't <laughs> understand that the thing that should be covered is the engine. He ended up pimping the ride. To make also, it just solid metal. He's replaced all of the windows with a thousand cameras on the outside so he can see outside anyway. This isn't a car that navigates via sonar and GPS. You've welded all of the windows shut and replaced it with cameras that feed into your mask. It's a coffin, it is. It's a dead trap. And yeah. If, you, if you're doing a black label Batman comic, if you're doing your own take on Batman, you've also got to have your own take on the Batmobile so that we can sell toys of it. Who's going to buy this? It's Nobody a it's it's shit. Plate metal over the windows. Okay, that's the dumbest thing I've seen in a while. But it's also, ooh, he can't be, well, tint the glass, glass and use bulletproof glass that <laughs> well, we always have. This is a solved problem. Why are you welding metal to the windows? I don't get it, and it looks like shit. It looks just ridiculously just bland because it is just Metal plates? Don't worry about anyone shooting out your windows because they're going to hit your engine and you're going to explode and then you're going to roast in there. Is that the wink-wink play of like, hey, everybody makes fun of he has an indestructible suit but his face is open? So we'll just keep the thing open because we'll just repeat our mistakes over and over. Yeah. It's nonsense. The, the exposed engine is just like the bottom half of his cowling car form. Yeah. He's there. The Batmobile's trying to catch up and you end up having Cragtoon say to this driver, jump out of here. And he's like, I can't, I can't jump. Jump and you'll survive. The guy jumps. He ends up hitting off the median. He's dead. There, there's no way at that speed that he hits yeah. off that median or the side of the... And But Batman goes, and again, Raphael Grandpa, because he's more of an artist, I think that he ends up overextending a scene of like, I pulled my shoulder, but I have to grab him this way so I don't do this and I have to do that. People can say, well, 
We don't usually see that. You know wow. why? Because it's boring as shit. Because this is also a Spider-Man scene. This is Spider-Man rescuing MJ and fucking it up, or not fucking it Gwen up and learning Stacey his lesson. Yeah, and that's Gwen I mean. dying. I mean, yeah. that's what I thought right away, but in that it's like, oh, look, I grabbed this and I grabbed that, and then it's connected to the blind machine. and then the Blind machine, change speed mode. Oh my goodness. Why? Why are you changing speed mode on the blind machine? So as this goes on, you end up having Batman save this guy, but in the meantime, the blind machine ends up doing a somersault in the air, lands on top of this truck that Crytune is in. You have a lady go up and say, oh my god, Batman Mr. Mister. freaks out that the car did the thing it, he asked it to do as well. That's the, mo- that's the most bizarre thing. And when the car is flipping through the air and doing the thing he wants it to do, he goes, no, no! Like, why? I don't know. It, like, there's nothing... Crytune. He looks dead. This lady says, oh my god, Mista, Mista. Oh my god, he's dead. Crytune just grabs the lady, puts a gun to her head, and says, I'm gonna kill her. What? Batman sees this lady, she's gonna get shot. He grabs that reel, the film reel. That's yeah. what Crytune really wants. Let her go, or I'm gonna set this reel on fire. And then at the end, you do end up having, you know, Batman grabbing this guy, like Crytune. He actually gets Crytune. He actually grabs him. Grabs him by the collar. Yeah. And you get semantics. I stopped you twice. No, you failed twice. I didn't kill you. It was on purpose. No, it wasn't. I'm invincible. As Gordon, Gordon at Arkham, where he actually does say to, and it might be Jeremiah, it might just be, uh, you know, head of Arkham there, but the guy says, you can't come in and just look at, this is a mental yeah. hospital, first off. You can't just come in and look at patient records. Yeah. That because he's looking in to see from the idea that a little boy came to visit Dr. Geist, he then gets the name of Quentin, which is a doctor, which then he goes to see his patient list. This is like A plus B equals banana. He ends yeah. up threatening the guy at Arkham and says, if you don't let me in, I'm going to tell everybody in the press that you're the reason why people are you're dying. The He's, why, yeah. He is going to not only get sued, but fired if he does that. That is completely over the top ridiculous. But then he goes in and as Batman is there, Trying to, you know, threaten Crytune is talking shit back to him. The doctor, one of his patients, was Bruce Wayne. And all of the other murder victims were patients of Charles Quinson's as well. Does this tie in? A lot of people think that this ties in because I think a lot of people got confused at the point where they thought that, and I was like, why would they think they thought that maybe this was because it's the children's wing? This doesn't necessarily mean everybody who was in that classroom when that incident happened. This is just a doctor's patient list. And these could have been patients over decades. Years. Some of them the, may the, yeah. be from that. It might be Crytune. It might be Bruce. But again, here's the thing. Your parents get killed. Arkham's a little odd play to actually go. Arkham's but again, a little extreme. But if he's got no legal guardian as well, then maybe like... It might have just been an evaluation. It also, we were saying it might be a setup. That Bruce set up way back or ended up fudging things to make it so that he can do what he's doing, yeah, whatever. But you know, if he's if he's setting up his own like death, then he could have gone into systems like this and planted his name to see the story of mental health issues that results in him like drinking too much and crashing his car, you know. This is where I, I people like, oh my god, Bruce Wayne's name is on that. Just you have to think this out. The idea that Gordon, and go the opposite way, go backwards, then you get Quentin's list of patients. Bruce Wayne is on that. But you found out about Quentin because he ended up being a boy 
visiting a guy in jail who ended up being obsessed with yeah, writing and he, feeling he about was a boy who wasn't a boy that was speaking to a German guy who was in prison. Then who was in prison and then got, got killed murdered. when he got out and then you go back like this doesn't really connect very well in the meantime we're dealing mostly with a cry tune that's obsessed with these old you know cartoons and in that yeah. the guy who did them he was shamed that the violence that he portrayed in cartoons ended up being a school violence thing and he ended up getting depressed well that caused an incident in a school that led to the the cartoon being banned like which again in, if you're going with crytune you could imagine that that would be something he would be pissed at so this whole thing might be Cry, the play cartoon is either the child that did the violence or he was pissed at the concept of the he's either did the violence and was upset that he got in trouble for it but also yeah. led to the cancellation of his deal or he's somebody who was mad at the guy who did the violence who did this and that but at the end i just thought it's a mess it's it's all over the place you know throw in the idea of that girl with the social media stuff you have that you have the beginning with the shithole of gotham and just ended up not being anything that did it 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 took us an hour to get through this slog of a book because it's just it's just nonsense i mean people are probably like why are you talking about this so long i'll tell you this is the last time I'm talking about this. I can't answer one pages. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, it took forever. <sighs> Jesus, it's forever. Maybe me and you'll read the next issue and be like, okay, like if it picks up, we might talk about it. Yeah, but I can like this like, one bit. Uh, what did you give it? So this book does a lot wrong. Uh, it gets a few things right. I think there are some interesting ideas here in terms of like childhood trauma and the concept of arrested development, Bruce being a bit of a giant man child, stuff like that. The sheer basic nuts and bolts of telling a story are failed in this book. So like even with some fairly decent but not exceptional art, like uh, the highest I can go is like a five five. Yeah, I'm a four. I was going to be a little lower, but again, like you said, concepts, uh, I don't mind, but it's the execution is really yeah. off. It's, it's like, off I, I get a lot of what Raphael Grandpa is trying to do here, but it's not being executed very no. well. And yeah, again, I have to just add it to the giant list of editorial failures because some, someone should have come in and looked at this book and said, like, okay, we need to tidy this up. Like, we, like, we've got stuff here that doesn't make sense and isn't being like contained within this book. In a and way again, like I said, there's detective work, but it's just surface level of, hey, look at these pictures. I think this, and it leads the other way. You don't need that intro page to be three pages long. You don't need the, the detective work with him and Gordon to be three pages long. It is padded to shit to make the 48-page length. Go read the black and white story and Mesmo Delivery. Go find a copy of Mesmo Delivery and read that instead. Like They're, they're both fairly good. I did roll my eyes a little bit at the Batman black and white one. It was overly narrated like this is. Mesmo Delivery was fun, if just disappointingly short. Thanks for joining me, though, for this. But we're going to go off now. Uh, to talk we only have three books this week on the podcast but i think we made up for it with our talk so <laughs> all right now i'm here with my man luke hollywood what up luke what up kid? our favorite deal oh my goodness we get Is to it? add in the manga trying to, trying to infect everybody yeah kind of a tie into the chapter here oh my goodness because we are talking about joker one Operation Joker, One Chapter Operation Six. Joker Daddy. What What is the name of the chapter, Luke? Do you remember? <laughs> I just told you two seconds ago. It is the uninvited guest, the end. 
which is very odd. Uh, very odd. Oh, well, I guess no. there's no question mark. I think it's just that the uninvited guest just gets the boot. Yeah, and all the uninvited guests. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We've been talking about this, and while in the Superman versus Meshi, we've had guest stars like Batman, the Justice League, and things like that, wow. we haven't had really full-out guest stars except, say, Johnny the Thug, things like that, in yeah. this Joker book. And I kind of was. I mean, you're waiting to see if, in fact, in this universe, you end up having Harley. Oh, and that's what we get. We end up getting Harley this chapter. And I'll tell you, while the Superman versus Meshi is a, a hoop, we, we love it. Me oh, and you boy. have fallen in love with that. And a lot of other people have. We mentioned it last week. And even since then, people were actually asking me, hey, where are your and Luke's? Reviews for like chapters two, three, and four. We we just kind of jumped it's in when we did it, right? So people it's actually want more. They want oh bonus. So when you get into this, it's not as funny for us as it's the deep. Superman versus Meshi, but it actually is more of a a legit thing. You have already mentioned that you think that this Joker in here has layers. You actually layers. get a bit of the Joker. You root for the bat babies. But in this, I think it actually plays out with a good Harley. But also, it's suddenly not just, oh, man, it's funny that Joker's trying to raise the bat baby. In this, you get that play that if you are a parent, if you have any kids, you get married, whatnot, and you have a couple of those friends that aren't married and think that they can just come over Uh and say on Sunday they just stop by unannounced to watch football. Or they stop by on a Wednesday night and say, hey, let's go hit the bar. They don't realize that you actually have a different kind of life. That kind of happens in this. And I thought it was really well done. Daddy life isn't without sacrifices, Jim. And so in this, you kind of get that play of Harley showing up. And what is Harley going to do? With a few days to thrill. The Joker isn't really the Joker anymore. He's the daddy. Yeah. So is she going to go off and get pissed and tell everybody that? Because she does seem kind of like confused and upset that she gets kicked to the curb at the end and the joker even says maybe i was a little too you know antsy like he actually says did i seem to relieve that she was Uh-oh. going there even at the beginning looked like it was gonna get sexy at one point <laughs> i think that he was like thinking of his mind like we can't get sexy in front of the baby uh but we'll start this out like we said it is chapter six of joker one operation joker one of the worst names Joker Daddy. that's the problem when you end up going and telling people about it a lot of people are going to get past that now name you it's recommend so that name straight away they're going to be like what's going on with that you know at least when superman versus meshi you 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 know it's going to be meshi but uh and, you well, know. it's going to be meshi like your oh undies but even so when you say superman versus meshi maybe somebody will say well what's who's meshi who's the meshi have I got a story for you? But Joker 1 Operation Joker is just What's a weird operation? name. It's such a weird name. But you start out with a flashback, and I will give them props, and I'll give everybody, you know, a little what's what here. Oh. You do see that it's a flashback because of the black borders, and there that is go. something that is a thing with manga. I actually wish, because I think a lot of people might be jumping into this as their first bit of manga, mm-hmm. I wish that they would have actually pointed that out. I don't know how or black why they would have it, but I wish they would have had that, you know, flashbacks have black, because that's something that once you learn that, you know, it's one of the first big rules of yeah. manga, besides, you know, reading right to left. They forgot to color in the pages. Yeah, yeah. But when you get that black bordering, that means flashback, and you kind of get it. He's going around with Harley. 
And it is pretty funny. And I, I like the idea that they're just running away from the cops. You have one month ago. So this is not that long ago. Free and baby. Harley. Harley just gets up in the car and just shoots a rocket launcher. And I love the idea that the Joker is just, he's so amused by Harley being crazy, right? I mean, he loves it. It's like one of those things. It's it's not going to play out in this as highly sexual, which it does sometimes with those two. I think that in this, it really plays out of like, oh, man, like, I don't know what she's. They just love tearing it up. And Harley's the one character, the one person that will end up surprising the Joker. Everybody else to the Joker probably seems normal and boring. Harley just does crazy stuff like, hey, look, like I I imagine she just had that rocket launcher with her and she just pulls it out and shoots. And he's like, oh, Harley Quinn, you are delightfully deranged, laughing it up. And the idea that Joker is the king of the, the city. I rule Gotham. I'm the clown prince of crime. And here is Harley there, the you know, the right-hand gal, getting under the arm there in the car, and everything's great. Well, that's gone now. A lot can change in a month. I like the way that this goes, because in this, it looks like the Joker's thinking back at that, but it could also be Harley. Those were the crazy days before I changed the diaper. And the, the setup of this is that Harley hasn't seen the Joker around. He hasn't called her, he hasn't seen, but he, she heard from old Johnny. Johnny. That he was in this apartment and he was raising Bat Baby. So Harley comes in, and this is what I like about it. Again, I'll even go further in the idea that I said it's like if you end up having a family and your friends come up. This is when you have a family and your crazy ass friend comes over. Like the guy who will the never get one. married, the guy who's always getting you in trouble, the guy that your wife or husband has said, stay away from. Oh, I don't want you. And so you don't want them coming over. They're not going to go well in a house with, you know, a baby. So really with this chapter, you could have this as just kind of a slice of life deal. You don't really need the Joker and Harley, but it makes it that much more funny, I think. Because even when you see, and I think it's on purpose, she's showing up at 730 at night. That baby's going to be going to bed soon. You know, it's nighttime. Joker, though, you know, he's crazy. So you end up where Harley, (laughs) Harley's (laughs) On the rooftop across the street. So she runs, leaps over like this alleyway into the Joker's apartment, busts through the window, doing what she would always do. Like, ta-da, here's my big entrance. And the big thing is she even says, you know, an uninvited guest is kind of like a virus. You end up showing up and infecting everyone. But she does come in smashing. Uh And I like the, the art progression where she smashes through the window into a cartwheel and then like goes, ta-da. 10 out of 10 on the, you know, she even completed the landing. My good. I love the way that it goes because she does cartwheel to the Bat Baby. And at this wow. point, Joker fully has him dressed up in a cape and cowl, too, the, the whole deal. So he's there looking, and you see that Harley actually wanted to come and see Bat Baby. Actually, isn't really there initially for the Joker, but says, Found ya. You're the baby everybody's talking about. So you, you get that everybody in the underworld is in the know. They know Johnny Joker's raising bad baby. When is this going to happen? Where? And I hope, because now we get Harley, oh, when the Riddler or Scarecrow decides they want to kill. What's Penguin going to think about this? The other ones are going to get. This is the opportunity to kill Bat Baby. I mean, this is baby Hitler. This Ryan is to Pine. them. Right. This is the idea. I don't want to get involved with baby Hitler, but the idea that they're, they're going to want to kill this baby. This is their biggest opportunity. Johnny should have kept his mouth shut. And, and the problem is that Harley 
uh, you know, is, you know, oh, cute. Joker, though, wants to raise the Batman so he can, can become Batman. Nobody else is going to want him to raise him to be Batman. No, that idea is too crazy for anyone else to get behind except the Joker. Well, again, because the Joker is the one who they, you know, laugh and make the jokes about that Batman and the Joker. You know, they need each other. Without one or the other, they don't have anything to do. I'm telling you, I think Mr. Freeze would like to just go and try to get Nora out of the game. He, he that doesn't really have that connection of love of Batman. His character isn't tied into, hey, I'm this. I think they all would want Batman dead, but not the Joker. Harley's there, and, and I like Harley, you know, calls him a Dorbs. And we're going to get that play again. Remember when we had Johnny, that everybody's better with the Batbaby than Joker, and he gets so angry at people being good with the Batbaby. But Jeez. also, crazy friend Harley comes in and she's broken the glass window that could that could get the oh, bat baby the hurt. also i like when she's like obviously she's there to see bat baby she says joker screams at her listen wash your hands bat baby doesn't need your dirty hands and, and like Gee. right there this is not like imagine the joker does all those crazy things now he's making her and she does she goes over and washes her hands mr j what's I going like what on? he says i don't know where them fingers have been I thought that was funny. But also when, <laughs> when she's there and he's like, oh, no, she's looking at me. She has that look. She's raring to go. I'm like, I don't know what's going on in that pose. Like, is that raring to go to shoot cops with a, a missile launcher? Is that, uh, you know, hey. Where'd she put that RPG? Oh, exactly. Geez. Exactly. And so he's like, oh, my God, I can't do this here. I really thought that he thinks she wants to get down and dirty. You Not see this? The he's making like his own baby food. Like he's doing a good job. And he ends up saying, yeah, I don't need this with the rocket launcher nonsense. I'm making my own formula. I'm trying to get this done. But in that, you do have Harley, who does want to, it seems, get busy, but actually wants to see that baby. And then that's where Joker really gets upset. Just the idea of Joker walking over to Harley and like, you're going to have to clean up that glass. Hands are a a broom and a deal. You got to clean up that glass. That baby's been crawling lately. He's on his stomach. I don't want him to get hurt. You understand. And it's funny because she doesn't understand. She has no <laughs> idea. The idea of how the Joker is is now Bat Daddy. And then, yeah, he's like, I got to go make his formula. And you do have that part where I was kind of worried when Harley looks over at that, like she's going to get jealous. Oh. All of a sudden, she's got the pillow out. Maybe we'd see Bat Baby like fight. That'd be fun. So- how funny would it be if Harley went over and she's like, I'm getting rid of you, Bat Baby. I'm jealous. Taken down by a toddler. Bat Baby actually knows like karate and stuff and has been playing koi. Like Baby it actually Kung is Fu. a little Batman and he's been just joking around because he likes to see the joke. Like he's actually raising Joker. Whoa. Joker isn't raising I thought him. I was making you the baby formula. But I do like this. Again, Harley, you would think she'd be good with kids. She Again, now it Damn. becomes like she's that you know, crazy aunt or uncle that always comes by, but only comes by like once a month, but it's always fun. But yet you you say as a parent, like, yeah, you wouldn't be so fun if you had them here every day. Like it's fun for, you know, Uncle Luke Hollywood to show up once a month. Party time. He, he would find out the guy's a drunk if oh. he was to hear more. But that Here's baby a mini PlayStation Harley. sweater. Oh my goodness. And, and she's just doing faces and then ends up like really going for it, doing this crazy somersault leap Land says boo, and the Joker's mad because now she's making too much noise. And you're like, you got to keep the, 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 you know, it down here. I have already gotten in trouble for bad babies crying. I don't want to be kicked out. And it's such Jeez. a 
just home buddy Joker that is the joke. That, that's the joke of all this. But I do like seeing this as that play of crazy friend who comes by to check it out and, and is really not welcome at this point because he's gotten complaints. He has a written complaint. He shows them. It's like, they're going to kick me out. And then you end up where they're talking about, hey, babies could be boring, all this. And that's where Joker, at one point, Joker said, if you're coming here to see Bat Baby, why'd you bring your oversized mallet? You didn't need to bring that. But we see she puts presents in it. And Storage. Did you think that this present was going to be like, oh, I got him his first shotgun. Or I got him a flamethrower. I thought it was going to be something. Harley that's what got a, every baby needs. She got a legit present. Something a baby might actually like. Cherry Pie Man doll. Oh. Cherry Pie Man. It's a I cherry bet pie head. I take a bite out of this guy. <laughs> really, a bite out of crime. You end up where it also has the pie symbol on a bib, but it's like this character that <laughs> seems to be very popular. I like when Harley starts trying to play with the doll with Bat Baby and Cherry <laughs> Punch. <laughs> but he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So it, it's obviously something that is big. I'm going with it's like Dog Man. You know, Whoa. something like that, or Captain the Underpants back it. in the day. Yeah, they do love it, but Joker says, I don't want that. I love this idea. Again, this is such a parent thing where somebody has brought something in the house and he's like, I don't want any character goods. I Not don't want any house. licensed things here. He's too young for that. I do. When you end up having Harley leave, you find out, or even before that, you find out what Joker really is afraid of. He's afraid that Bat Baby's going to like this stuff so much. That he's going to have to keep buying stuff and he doesn't need that nonsense. He, we already know he's, he's short on cash because he's not robbing places. He doesn't need to get stuck in cherry pie man swag Whoa. all over. This happened in my house multiple times. The biggest one was when Tanya decided that she wanted the kids to like the Wiggles back <sighs> in the day. The problem is, is this Wiggles on, fever. The problem is Wiggles fever hit this house. In a way that was before the hype here in the U.S., which, Whoa. you know, you could sit there and bread. That's rare Wiggles memorabilia. Right. You remember? Like, I'm like, oh, well, we were into the Wiggles first. The problem was <laughs> we kind of were, and there was no memorabilia in the States. Oh, my goodness. So Tanya was ordering things from Australia. They were coming and shipping for some of these Good like day, you know, plush dolls was fifty Give me bucks. Something about Wiggles. It was it was insane. I mean, she would end up getting things that were like cost eight bucks, and it would be forty eight dollars <laughs> when it came in. They just kept coming in waves Wiggles and waves. Wiggles fever is relentless. And then Wiggles fever disappeared. At one point, oh, they no. were really into it. We saw the Wiggles live twice. <laughs> twice. I was there. I actually, I, I did make the comment, and I've told people before with this, is when we saw the Wiggles and all the little kids go nuts, I'm like, this is like the Beatles. Like, to oh. these kids, this is the Beatles. They were going nuts. At one point, Jeff, the one... Jeff from the Wiggles? Jeff ended up dancing in the aisle with Ethan, my son. It's, it was <laughs> hilarious. But, yeah, we had Wiggle Fever. But it, you had the right. Joker. He does not want Cherry Pie Man doll fever. So no. he says, this is not happening. Kind of plays it off of the idea of, we don't need Batman getting caught up in this. He's got to think of justice and nothing else. He's got, you know. But he really seems like he doesn't want to buy the toys. Because he even thinks, if I let this go, I am going to be overrun from towels to utensils and literally cherry pie man fever look at, he has down. a cherry pie man table he's got a bunch of toys he has a neat little like you know car thing that you would ride on he has a bus everything's i like he's the clock the cherry pie man he, he doesn't oh look happy goodness. he does not look happy at all 
So he ends up, and I like if you do look, you have a bunch of cherry pie man stuff in a box with then what looks like a Joker bit of something with a lot of ha-ha-has on it. So the Joker stuff is put away, and we have cherry pie man. Harley is very upset. Harley looks very sad. She looks down at it. I thought that at this, he was going to say, okay, well, I'll let you leave this one thing. But she says, okay, I'm going to take off. And he says, put, she says, putting, I'm going to take off. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, it is late. I mean, again, it's funny because it is late for a baby. But the Joker's saying it's late. Right now, it might be 8 o'clock at the latest quarter of 8. It's like you sleeping all the time. But she's going to go off. And he even thinks like there she goes again. Like your wild friend, like, hey, okay, I'm going to get going. Like, oh, man, that guy's going to hit the bars and have a lot of fun. He thinks she's going to go and wreak havoc on the streets of Gotham where here I am with the bat baby. She walks away. Yeah, she walks away and he's like, was my sense of relief obvious? That's what made me laugh, (laughs) that he like really felt relieved and seemed relieved that she was leaving. And then he says, sorry, Harley, until, and this is to himself, before the, until the baby can sleep, through the night, I'm not going to be able to paint the town red with you. Even then, you're not going to be able to. It, it's no. just a funny play. The Joker didn't know what he was getting you into. You can't turn it off like that. You can't. It's not a light switch. And then he's like, am I right, Bat Baby? It's funny that he called them the Bat Baby. So, and he says, you know, sometimes invited guests, uninvited guests are bad. It ends up ruining the solitude. And actually goes, and this is the layers of this book. Ooh. I already said, I think that it's a cool play that you're going with that Hey, he's a new dad, and his friends want to go and have fun, but that life has kind of passed him by. He can't do that right now. But at the end, he does sit there with Bat Baby and looks at him and says, Solitude is part and parcel for justice. Evil, too. It's a lonely business. And that's the thing. It kind of is. I mean, if you think about Batman and you think about the Joker, that's why they need each other. There's nobody else. Yeah, you have the Bat family and you have Harley and things like that. But when you're all consumed with what they do... You have a lot of times where you're just by yourself. Also, Joker's pissed off, I think, because he ended up where Harley didn't quite sweep up all of the glass. So he goes and picks up a piece of glass. And then he sits down like he's like just ate Thanksgiving dinner. That's the dad sitting down, legs spread, right? And he's just like, oh, and he's (laughs) so tired. And by the time you realize it's already too late, you're already infected, but yeah, he is, he's daddy, he's Joker daddy, and he Joker says, at this daddy. rate, I won't be able to have a normal conversation with anyone, so there, it actually ends up being a really neat little chapter about being a new parent, it really is, I mean, it actually has the layers, and lows of daddy life, yeah, it actually has a lot of, even feels with that, and the kind of tug back and forth of, you know, hey, I have to give up that old life for this one, but I care about that baby, he wants to raise him as Batman and raise him right and things like that. So there's that, but also the swag. That's pretty good. It's not laugh out loud like the Superman versus Meshi that is so bizarre that we love. But this actually gets more and more like layers to it. And actually, mm. by this point, if you're reading it, you might be kind of beyond the idea of like, oh, man, that's funny. The Joker's racing Batbaby. But there's more to it than that. And that's now why you're I think actually I behind continue, the like, idea. You know, the first chapters kind of just hook you in on the premise alone. But now you're thinking, okay, this actually is going someplace. There's actually a bit of meat. Every chapter could have been, you know, zany thing. Batbaby, you know, Joker teaching him how to throw a batarang. And I'm Crazy. sure we'll get maybe get to that stuff. But this is a little more like it's a weird little subtle thing of a over-the-top idea. 
So I, I do like it. What would you give it? I thought it was a very solid chapter. We usually enjoy Superman versus Demetrius a little bit more. I think that's more a Jim and Luke kind of joint. But we are enjoying the Joker Daddy quite a bit here. And then we get like extra stuff like this, some extra character with Harley. It really does, you know, add some layers to this story. And I think it's quite a good read. I'm enjoying it a lot. We're thinking that this might be the end of the first volume. And if it is, I think so far this first volume has been pretty solid. And I recommend everybody to pick it up uh, and get it on that manga train. Choo-choo indeed. But yeah, I want to go with a solid 8 out of 10. I'm going 8 out of 10 as well. Like I said, we, we love the laughs. In Superman versus Meshi, but mm-hmm. this is actually a little more subtle than you That's would think. And the the cool thing about it is, we even said last chapter, you know, the mangaka, the guy who's writing and drawing it, ends up seemingly knowing the characters pretty well. Oh, yeah. Like, Absolutely. this doesn't feel like, oh, man, like, they don't know Harley. Like, this Harley is a really good Harley for how little she is in this. this. Legit. It's more legit Harley than we get from Teeny Howard in the regular books, which that's not tough, but still. And the Joker, I just like the idea of the Joker being this crazy guy who just can't be crazy right now because he has this mission to go and he's, it's, it's wearing him thin. He's really having problems. He really is. So I, I do like that as well. But yeah, I think that everybody and if everybody does and I, I don't know how they would, you know, go with it if you buy the the volumes of the trade. Or if you end up, if they keep track of who reads it in the app, if you're reading it when it comes out on the DC Infinite app, I want this to do well enough that they end up doing more stuff. I'd love to have more people involved, as long as it's this kind of thing, something that's a side thing. It's not trying to be anything, though. I was going to ask you earlier, do you agree with me that this crazy book, and even Superman vs. Meshi, to point... It kind of could be in continuity. They're not doing anything so crazy that one day Gotham Batman could just have turned into a baby. Yeah, he ended up falling into a vat of chemicals that turned him into a baby. I mean, it's a crazy what idea. In Gotham stays in Gotham. But nothing feels like it's like wrong. Nothing no, feels like, like it it's works. anything that's way over the top. And oh, that's not Joker. Oh, that's a weird Harley. And that's not my Joker. People would Daddy. say, oh. That's like what they think, you know, the idea. That's a manga joke. But no, it's it's pretty well done. It's I do like it. I always get a chuckle, too. And unlike a lot of other books as well. Again, I'm reading this thinking that the Harley is better than we get in the Harley book. And I like this Whoa. Joker way, way more than that crap. And that Joker, the man who stopped laughing. I stopped <laughs> laughing a while back, too, with that book. If you know what well, I mean. I wish I could stop one. reading. But oh, I was. So screw that. But I do like this. So both of us, eight out of ten. I don't Fire. think it's going to be my book of the week this week. So that's oh. that's trouble. But we'll see. Because thanks for joining me. It's going to be my book of the week because it's yeah, because you're not I've reading read. anything else. So yeah, that, it's by default. <laughs> this is the manga section. Of course, I always mention at the end that me and Luke do a bunch of manga podcasts and Ooh. also Stork. My man Stork does them oh, with Stork. us as well. We end up having a Manga Monday show where we go through one chapter of sometimes a new hot off the presses manga that kind of bites us in the butt. But we try to do one, like, what am I saying? First chapters of things, so it's easy to just listen and jump in. But we also have reading clubs with uh, Let's Go Down and Spy Family. That's one. My Hero Academia, Demon Slayer, Chainsaw Man, Death Note, Dragon Ball. Keep going, keep going. But we have all those as well. Just go to the show notes, click on some of the links, or just look up Weird Science Manga, and you'll find all of them all over the place. 
And then yeah, you can listen Easy to us and yell pitting. at us about Luke's pronunciation of names as well. Oh, my pronunciation. What happens? Yeah. Uh, did I send you the new comment we got <laughs> on, the, on the? I didn't send it to you, did I? Angero. No, it's, it's another bunny. deal for it. Is a, it is a Demon Slayer comment, but it's again that people. It, it's one of those things that people just. I think they're trying to just rile me up. We'll see. I'll Adam send it to you. And see what you say. Keep sending. Thanks. Them. Yeah, really. I think it's you. Thanks everybody Thank you Luke and we're going to go off We're going to go back to the books With what I believe will be The Green Lantern Number 3 Been doing the show so long And sometimes we're shitty Been mislabeled as haters Just about the whole damn time Was a way years ago There's a colorist Didn't like us very much at all Bye bye Tamra Years past that eventually brought us down. And what she does have every right, I sit alone up at night, just confused and sad, cause we're blocked by Tamra Bonfilling. Right, and here we are with the last section of books And we are going to start with Green Lantern And to do Green Lantern I have asked my man Mark From the Second Print Comics Podcast and YouTube channel To join me, what up Mark? Jim, what's up, thanks for having me uh, Awesome, I ended up and I wanted to pick a book That I thought we could have some fun with And then mm. you ended up stepping up and said Hey, you know, I can step in If you need it, and I was like, oh yeah Well you're in then, and mm. I ended up you. You actually get one of the better books. So at least you can tell that I am giving you that benefit. I, I didn't give you something like a hawk girl or a cat woman. Uh, that would have been awful. We're going to be doing a good one. So I hope yeah, that you're, you you're realize. You're going easy on me. You're not hazing me yes. too bad here. I hope that you realize that I'm giving you big props. It's, it's by absolutely, doing no, this. absolutely noted. Yes. Thank you. So we're going to go into this. And just to set the scene here, did you read any of the Night Tales when that happened? I did not. In fact, what happened to me was I actually, you know, I saw this new Green Lantern coming out there a couple months ago, and I'd read some of Jeremy Adams' Flash, and I, I, I like Green Lantern generally. Guy Gardner is my real Green Lantern, to be He's honest. Mine I think, as well. You know, he, <laughs> I think it was the bowl cut at the time that drew me to it, since I, I, I shared the bowl cut at that time in my life. Uh, but, you know, since I got back into comics around 10 years ago, I did a whole deep dive on Jeff Johns' run and everything, so I, I'm pretty... Uh, you know, I'm pretty familiar with the character, and, and I'm I'm always a sucker for you know a new number one with a new a new a new team, a new direction. So I'm all excited about it. I read the first two issues, you know, not blown away, but I liked it enough to see where it's going. And then, as you know, Jim, that that last uh, <laughs> the, the end of issue two, suddenly I'm reminded of something I had vaguely heard about this night terrors, and I'm it just threw me out of the whole thing. I almost I honestly haven't even been to the comic store since. This guy is probably just piling up. Uh, all the night terrors tie in, thinking I'm going to come in one you. day, probably. And now it's been 
it's been too awkwardly long, so I, I might just be done. I might just have to go some other. I'm telling you, know. now you, you're <laughs> at that spot of like you have a buddy who like gets engaged and you didn't congratulate him. And now it's like right. two months later, you're like, I'm just gonna pretend that I know, but I didn't seem able to forget. Like that exactly. sort of deal. Oh, I, I know that that gets awkward. Now I'm glad that you ended up, and I had no idea. I actually just asked you. This was not planned. We don't really plan things here, so. I'm glad that you actually said that because that was my big worry that people who may have gotten excited about a book, a lot of books, because some of these don't at DC books. And I think that you even touched on the deal. First off, we haven't really had a classic Hal Jordan Green Lantern book in a while. So having this go, people did jump on. And like you said, it was starting to gain some momentum. It it felt to me, it felt like a little back to the basics deal. Let's reintroduce everybody to Hal, even though people should know him. But let's have some fun Carol deal. Some people had a bit of a problem with the characterization, but I thought it was gaining that momentum. And then you hit night tears and people who like like you, you, you're like, I you only want to read that two books you don't want to then read a 40 issue crossover out of nowhere i don't even want to read the two books i don't even want to read i, I just want nothing <laughs> to do with i wanted to continue the story that was started and not sidetrack it into exactly. some you know, dr- so weird dreamscape like you're just done and that shows me again where i said that night terrors in my mind was more of a jumping off point than a jumping on point for anybody and it's going to end up taking away the momentum that the dawn of dc would have had and you haven't even moved back to the the, the comic store like, yeah. this is the sort of thing that DC, it, it, why can't they tell that that was going to happen? It was so ridiculous. Well, yeah, they they made me too embarrassed to look my comic store guy in the eye. That's what they've that, done That guy's to us. cursing you right now. <laughs> he doesn't need to curse you. You're a good guy. You know, and now he's just like shaking his fist randomly at the sky, <laughs> ruining the day that you had a pull list. But here we are. You're back, though. We're, we're back at least we're here back. for this issue number three. I will tell you right now. That the night tears, you didn't miss anything. I, I, I figured I wouldn't. No. The only thing you did get was one of the few books, if not the only book in Night Tears, that Hal Jordan, the hero, ended up having nightmares and actually told the nightmares, you're full of shit. I'm big bad Hal Jordan. Screw you. And actually, the, the nightmares were scared of Hal and he just kicked ass. That's all it was. That's all you got in it. It was nice enough. That's not worth two issues. But at least Jeremy Adams was able to say, like, eh, screw this. I'm I'm just going to show that how kicks ass and we go forward. Now, you see, too, reading this third issue that they mention night terrors and like one little aside <laughs> thing, like it, nothing in this says, oh, my God, I got it. so even there they. It's done. Night I believe and it was it's... referred to as that insomnia business. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> the worst. So you end up even with this play of. One month ago, and I should give you and everybody else the credits, actually. It's Green Lantern number three, written by Jeremy Adams, art and cover by Zermonico, colors by Romalo Fajardo Jr., letters by Dave Sharp, and editor Paul Kaminsky. So you end up having that play where Hal was trying to figure out the ring. And this whole ring of him making it out of his own willpower, we don't really know what it is about fully. He doesn't know. And he ended up flying up in the space like an idiot. I said when we reviewed that issue number two, like, when you don't quite know the charge or power set of a ring, don't fly into space. Don't do it because he ends up where it runs out of energy. Yeah, why not jump into a volcano while you're at it? I yeah, mean, uh, I mean, why not? I mean, seriously, just do everything just crazy. Yeah, start a fight with Superman. Just do, do <laughs> some nonsense. So when he comes down, 
it is one of those things that I think will drive somebody like Eric Shea nuts. There's a couple of things here because as he's falling down, pretty much it shows you that he might not ever need to charge it. He mm-hmm. just has to get more willpower. He has to, you know, dream it so, wish that it has a deal because as he's free falling down, he ends up like, oh, my God, I can do this. And then it does end up lighting up and he does not, you know, crash. He doesn't die. He's in a suit. He's the Green Lantern. And then he lands. And this is the start of some people I did see getting upset about this issue. I don't mind it. I'm telling you, I'm not a big continuity guy anyway. But one of the things that I hate, especially with a Green Lantern deal, is the idea of seeing our Green Lanterns with a non-powered ring. And we've had lights out so many times, even recently, that, okay, I could go with it. Because he's not going to be able to, to go to Oa. All this stuff is done. He's on you know Earth as his own guy. So I don't mind it. How about you? We're almost getting the opposite of a non-powered ring because, I mean, what they're showing us here is, as you said, he almost has unlimited power as long as he can will it. And, hey, it's Hal Jordan. He can will it, you know, anytime he needs to. So it's it's... It has the potential to be too powerful, I think would be my, my only worry. But it, it, is it at least a different story than the very typical Hal is so depowered that, you know, he's got to figure things out in another way? Yeah, and I'm with you. And, and you said, though, you have to put a little reins on it. You just can't have him do every single thing. And then there's no consequences and it doesn't have a deal. Now, here's the weird play, though, because he then lands and he says, OK, I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to figure out what this ring is all about. And he makes a construct of a gazelle. And then he's like, okay, green construct check. I guess okay. he went up and oh, maybe because this is you know, the earth is spinning under him. Because he was, you know, he was uh, in the U.S. when he first went up. But he, but he came down in, in Africa, I guess. It looks like he's in the plains of Africa. You know, th- that was a hell of a free fall that he ended up doing. I, I don't know. But maybe you're right, though. He's up there for a little. The world, you know, keeps on revolving. What but he's say? there. He makes this green construct. And then he ends up turning it pink. And he says, haven't done this in a while. And then he says, my first ring, Avon's serving, could make constructs in various colors. I tried to look this up. I, I couldn't find it. I actually, myself, I couldn't find anything. But what I think this is, again, you've already shown that he can will the power into the ring anyway. I think that maybe he's tapping into some of the other spectrums, which I think might be interesting. But again... How far are you going to take this? What are you going to do with it? Because he does make a pink construct. Uh, again, what do you think? It's it's not really anything at this point, right? But what do you think of it? Is this supposed to be a retcon then? Could could he used to do these multicolored? I, do, I didn't think he I don't did. recall. I mean, I, I wasn't reading houses at the very beginning, but I don't recall ever seeing that. Before. And I don't either. And I, I tried to look some things up. Again, I'm not Eric Shea who read comics most of his life. And as a huge Green Lantern fan, maybe I should have asked him. But I, I couldn't find anything. So doing that, I started like, and this is the weird play, especially when you were, before we started, we talked slightly about some of the things and, hey, is this something I should know or whatnot? So when you go into a book like this, and a lot of people just jumping on with that new number one, didn't read, you know, uh, Dark Crisis, or maybe didn't even read the Infinite Frontier stuff. So a lot of things that pop up, you are kind of confused of, is this something I should know? It's just something we've seen before. But in this, it feels like overall, like I don't recall or ever saw this. So I thought maybe that is the play of he is tapping into other, you know, spectrums. He actually is tapping into the things that might be cool, though. I wish that at a point, like maybe because you see a leopard 
like hanging in the distance. Right? I love the leopard. Attack. I know. <laughs> Maybe you could have had the leopard attack. And if this is what I'm saying, that he can tap into other, you know, the spectrums, that he gets scared and uses the yellow. And then you could almost connect it. Okay, well, that's the yellow like this. I don't know about this whole star like sapphire. Like if the spectrum, if the, uh, the, you know, the part of the spectrum he's utilizing is based on something that's occurring. Something with, that's yeah, occurring. That could at least make put a twist on it. And it would, it would give us a little bit of an idea. Now, here's the thing that make me laugh about this, though, because people did go, go nuts. Green lantern rings can only make green. Green, green, green only. And I actually had this argument with Eric years ago because then I asked him, and again, he said there's times that they'll try to play this and not play it, whatnot, but they do make the costume on the character. You end up where Hal was falling through the air and he didn't have his Green Lantern costume on, right? So when he does make, there is black and white as well as green there. And that's kind of a that construct. Is, that is true. That is so true. I argued with him way back and I thought of that when I saw this, like, is that like, did you already see this kind of because we always do? They kind of just play that off. But you do see it. If we're being sciencey here, if you're using white, you got the whole spectrum, right? So I guess this whole time. Right? And this maybe it's time something that you could play that you did have this. But the normal, like again, this could be something very big, you know, going forward. Like you said, a retcon. Maybe the idea could be played by Jeremy Adams that a regular ring has a fail safe that doesn't allow it. You end up having him with the pure will and also not knowing what's going on. He's tapping into the other spectrums as he goes with his emotions and things like that. Maybe I his ring cool. isn't like, you know, an officially regulated ring since yeah, it wasn't no. created by the Guardians. It's something he willed into existence. So it's perhaps not bound by the, the typical rules. But then I guess that means that Abin Sur's also wasn't if that old ring used to That's do this the sometimes. Weird play. <laughs> and you're like, well, what was Abin Sur up to? That, that son of a gun. But yeah, so he does it, but he does it kind of willing it to do it like he's like maybe i can do this again and says i haven't done this in a while it's very odd but maybe he's even checking the parameters of this and things like that it would be funny if he still had the uh you know you cannot kill the killer he's like i'm just gonna go and try to kill a guy and see if that works but he ends <laughs> up doing this and it's kind of a funny little play you get some funny plays in this with jeremy Let's see Adams if i can watch dirty movies and see if it'll let me hmm, doing let's that right just find away. out <laughs> the thing is, he's pissed because it's like back in the day where he's got to go in between channels, like really trying to tweak it. He's like, I kind of think I see boobs. And then, you know, <laughs> Carol walks in like, what are you doing? Oh, my goodness. Uh, but you end up having this leopard go after this gazelle and he ends up making it really big. And it's kind of a cool little deal. And then he flies off. Scares the shit out of that. Uh, leopard. Oh, it, it does. Yeah, that leopard's done. It's going to die. I mean, you, you just ended up destroying that leopard. I really do love uh, the uh, harmonica's detail he put into the the facial expressions of the leopard. I mean, that leopard is oh, yeah. shocked, and you know it. You even get those little like lines coming off his face, and then when he's running away, I don't know if you hone in on this face when he's running away. It, it's it's pretty funny. It's he's very cartoonish. like scared shitless when he runs away. Like you didn't see shit the plane right there. He's upset, but yeah, it's really good. And so then you go again. This is a really quick reading issue as well because you go to Coast City. And you end up where Sinestro has been kind of in the shadows this whole time. And you end up where he shows up for a meeting. But these, you know, guy and gal that are actually aliens will see they didn't realize the meeting was going to happen. And also Sinestro doesn't like just opening doors. He destroys them. Like there's no real reason <laughs> that he has to. I always love it where Batman ends up jumping through the window. And you look and there's like five doors right next to there. You're like, you didn't have to do that, dude. But, you know, you make an entrance. 
And that's basically what these he's insurance doing. claims. What do we? We have to write Batman down. I mean, it's a whole. It's a whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing with doors and windows. So you end up where Sinestro comes in. He does. Go. It's funny where he busts down the door and says, "Knock, knock." I wanted this guy to say, "Who's there?" <laughs> like he thought he was making a joke. But these people are undercover. They're part of this guild. It seems to be a bad organization, and they are the Laranians. And this is the play, though. I thought that this was a little too quick. The idea that Sinestro comes in and says, hey, I know who you are. Enough of the camouflage. Let's see your real deal. Big fan of street clothes, uh, Sinestro, by the way. Yeah, he, he ends up, he loves that hoodie look loves since the, hoodie. the beginning of this, right? And and if you do look at it, it almost looks like at points that it is Hal Jordan's flight bomber jacket, but with a hoodie. Which oh, yeah, yeah. It's really <laughs> odd. It's almost like a Unabomber uh, situation. It does look the Unabomber. And then you see Sinestro. He's not a great-looking guy. Sometimes he is, but at this point, no. But you end up where he says, listen, I know what you guys are up to. I need your help, and I want you to, you know, help me out. And if so, I'll put in a good word with my Legion of Doom. And he ends up smacking him around, too, at one point. It's kind of funny. But he ends up showing the Legion of Doom. And you see this hologram deal. I like that he's, like, in the back there. Uh, you know, next to that scarecrow deal and, and black man. But it's like, hey, these are all my buddies. Like how these are pretty old versions of these characters, too. I mean, these are like 1980s action figure versions. It's of crazy, characters. too, because you have weird plays here. Lex Luthor right in the front. He is in jail. And they say that they're like, hey, you got to update your deal. I don't know if you really have a Legion of Doom because Lex Luthor's in jail. Sinestro kind of makes it like, well, you know, for now, I don't really know right now if there is an official Legion of Doom. Not only is Lex Luthor in jail, he's actually teaming up with Superman. They have a super corp that they run instead of LexCorp, and they're doing things together. You have other characters like Vandal Savage is right there. Vandal Savage just showed up at the end of Batman where he has bought the mansion, but seems like, you know, might not be as bad. I, it's a weird play, and I don't know if Sinestro is, is lying. And saying, hey, look at this, trying to use this as the thing. Or if we're being told right here, right now, a big thing that the Legion of Doom is still kind of behind the scenes after Dark Crisis. They kind of got back together. Wink, wink, let's go on our way. But we're still part of, you know, they do their crazy handshake and walk off because that's a big thing with Lex. And they say it. And he's like, no, 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 we can do all this. But then this is where I said it kind of gets and devolves into something like so not cliche, but so kind of easy of, well, by the way, if if you don't do what I want, I'm just going to tell everybody on you. I'm going to go. He jumps right heroes. to the threat. Like, <laughs> and it, it, it felt like the idea of like, you would hope they'd be like, oh, I don't believe they're like, oh, OK, like it's it's done. It, yo, you're going to tell Batman and Superman. Well, OK, we're, we're with you. But we don't really know. A lot of the things in this book are still a mystery of what exactly is going on. Because then you go from there and you end up having Sinestro get a, get a bunch of mooks to go to the Ferris aircraft uh, facility and end up doing something. They Well, they kill a lot of the Ferris aircraft security. This felt like uh, the heist movie here that he just got this ragtag uh, team of, of freakazoids together for this mission. They're all freakazoids. The, the thing that you needed, though, was that one full page. Have you know you could even do nine panel grid of just all of them saying you son of a bitch I'm in. <laughs> That's the, I could have used that. That would have that been, been hilarious. It's the first thing I saw when I when I saw them all standing there. Uh, you know, right, 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 heist away. You know, you know, you have King Shaggy. 
son of a bitch, I'm in. But they end up going, they're going to eat a bunch of people while Sinestro, the name he has this King, crazy sorry. guy. <laughs> yes. uh, and I like where at one point, if you would have thought, well, you know, these guys will be okay. That No, yeah, the, King, he is chomping away at people multiple times. Like, I mean, Sinestro he's a shark. What do you expect him to do? I, yeah, know? exactly. I, mean, I love where you just see feet coming out of his mouth and Sinestro's like, yeah, that'll you put me on a mission with you know with a, a surrounded by you know if I got to fight a bunch of fried chicken creatures I might I might take a few bites too. It's that just you know, how this thing I would plays lick out. my fingers too. That's <laughs> what I'd be doing. So you end up where Sinestro goes and he busts into Ferris aircraft and he ends and there's a bunch of jets. There's a bunch of things that we know would be there, but he ends up saying perfect. So what does that mean? Because in a, a little bit, well, Carol's saying nothing was taken. And she kind of thinks that it is Sinestro, like, hey, I want Hal to know I'm here or whatever. It's a weird play, right? It, it reminds me again of that Rick and Morty where he gets <laughs> that whole crew together and then he just needs them to like get the ticket in. It's die. like it didn't really seem necessary. Those guys don't even go into the area. It's just Sinestro that goes in and, and blows some things up. So it doesn't even seem like they were at all necessary. So it, it seems like he went through all these steps. He went to the Lawrence, threatened them flexed about being buddies with the legion of doom got this whole crew together just to blow this shit up just to maybe get seen and to get hal's attention and i i mean i i have faith in jerry adams uh does have a, a plan here that we're going to yeah. find out what's going but on it so still I, I am feels interested like in that it. it feels that way yes you, you have to have like you show up here and say listen this is just getting on camera with a lot of extra <laughs> with a lot of extra steps and, and a lot of blood and dead guys like the one guy there who is just there working you know, the front gate, that guy is dead because Sinestro needed to get his face on a video camera for some reason. And especially what we'll see at the end of this issue. I mean, he could have just done that <laughs> instead of this whole thing. There was ruse, no real reason. Maybe it's it's weird. It's it's weird because in that maybe you're trying to play that idea of, hey, like him at Ferris deal, Ferris Air is the I know who you love. And I'm here to do bad things if you don't agree with me. But and I might bring King Shark with me and he might eat some of your friends. So and by the way, I got a lot of hungry, <laughs> crazy, monstrous creatures out there as well. And they're eating. It, it is a weird play. Uh, but then again, you have Jeremy Adams, who in the flashbook, big on the family aspects of it, big on the deal. So I don't mind this next scene. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. The idea of how Jordan, I will end up. A big point of this, and this is where I think Jeremy Adams fully says to everybody, hey, everybody, Night Terrors was bullshit, and I'm not going with any of it, because at the end, the big play of Night Terrors was everybody was now afraid of the Justice League. They were petrified. They were scared mm, shitless they had about a bad anything, dream. because they had one <laughs> night of bad dreams. So that's the play. I don't know that these kids would really want to be playing baseball with Hal Jordan then as the Green Lantern. It, to me, that would have played out a little different. I think Jeremy Adams like, that's nonsense. So you end up just a random scene where there's Hal. He's playing baseball. The, the whole play, I, I love the idea that Hal, he's a great guy. I love, he, he's not going to buy a baseball or a mitt. He's just going to make constructs. I'm like, you're cheap. You son of a bitch. But he's there doing this, and it seems like, in my mind, he is setting this up to help this Stewie kid. Little Stewie. <laughs> and, and you can sit there and say, well, that's nice, but 
what is this doing for the book, really? You know, what is this doing? Is this supposed to be an official Little League game that he's now the pitcher of? Because there's a real umpire there. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a real umpire. The kids are in uniform, so I assume this is official in some way. But I guess we can just have Hal Jordan be an adult, let alone a superhero. He's a, there is pitcher? an ump. You know, <laughs> if you're going to do this, because Kilowog is supposedly in the stands, make him the ump or something. But I want to ask you, because you're a sports guy. A little bit. What, what the hell shift? Does this team have against the Stewie guy? <laughs> they are not expecting much out of Stewie. Oh my God! They right. end up where first off, I I can't stand it. It looks like how Samantha's drawing it. The guys are supposed to be on base, but they're not in the. Re- they're at like the first base is just standing on first. The, the third first base, base is, is literally on first base. Yeah, I don't know if this is a misunderstanding of baseball or if it this is really I think how it is. how intense Stewie's shift is. <laughs> then you <laughs> such a you have the second baseman right on second base. You have the right field still on right, but you've shifted the center fielder into the short field like it's softball <laughs> and then have what might be a left fielder. But I actually even think that looks like it might be another ump on the line, but maybe not because the other guy, it doesn't make any sense. It would drive <laughs> me nuts. I'm looking at this. I'm like, I don't get it. But old Stewie, he ends up in. It is like a weird kind of curve at the last second where he does hit it. So I think that Hal is giving it that little push. It's like he's telling Stewie. the ball to move into the bat and then that launches it off. Really, if you're Hal, you're you're making the stuff move anyway. You don't really even need to do any of that, right? Can't you just send it off on your own? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd love what I need is to end up where Hal pitches it. This has the the full out like Doc Gooden curve. And it, Stewie strikes out, and Hal's like, yes! And he's got it all fired up. He's a try-hard old Stewie is done. But no, Stewie hits I want to see Hal see. try to pitch a perfect game on acid like uh, like Doc Gooden. That's what I want to see. We'll see We'll see. We'll see. We'll see all the colors of the spectrum. That yeah, really, that would be awesome. <laughs> he's like pitching. I'm like, holy crap, I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, but yeah, you have old Stewie. Then all of a sudden, like, he comes in. I don't, again, I don't quite get how this game was being played. Stewie comes in, he's great at, I guess it's a walk-off home run. I don't I mean, know. how Target, like, did he specifically pick out, like, okay, this kid is, because he doesn't even know to run when he hits the thing. I mean, he's, he's clearly not the brightest ball. Did he seek out this kid specifically to, to help? And, like, did, did he, did he yeah, is he <laughs> analyze stalker? the team? Right. Does he, he know this kid? <laughs> I, I don't know. And it, it is funny because even how the, the way that it's pushed, he's like, okay, this is bad. And you're trying to play. You're trying to figure out a way that you can get a Little League game to appear to be something bad to then reveal it's a Little League game. And he says, surrounded by three of them. And then there's this kid. But again, if you look at the people on base, they're wearing the wrong uniform. It's a weird way to say the bases are loaded. It, it just doesn't work, but it's it's supposed to be a nice moment. It's just the idea as I'm reading, I'm like, yeah, this, this isn't really doing much. And now we're going to have to figure, because again, the big play was, is Kilowog actually there? Mm. Now, in my mind, is it possible? And this is a weird play. See, Stewie's on his shoulders, though. Stewie's so on his shoulders. Everybody, thing. Even when you see, and, and Kilowog's like cheering in the background or yelling from the stand, that could be just, you know, Harvey-type situation, only how seeing it. Right. But you do have Stewie on his shoulders. So is this a thing? Because we do even hit again. That something bad happened to Kilowog in this, it shifts to Sinestro. Is it possible, the only reason that we showed, that you can end up having what ended up being a pink construct, that Kilowog's actually a construct? Oh, that could be the... Almost hmm. back to the Parallax deal, and when Mm -hmm. he was trying to put together Co-City again, and trying to make it through constructs, that that's why we've had that. We'll find out that Kilowog is there, but he's a construct. 
weird though, right? Yeah, I hadn't made that connection to the pink gazelle and Kilowog, but that would that is that is pretty interesting, and that could be an interesting way to sort of hint at that. Maybe. Or maybe it's not that. But, but it would it, have it, to be like a fight club situation <laughs> where, where Hal doesn't know that he made, you know, he would have to, you know, fell asleep and made this construct in his mind or something like it's that. It's almost like a Zoranar construct yeah, deal yeah. of the mind. But they, people were pushing the idea that Hal didn't want to accept that Kilowog was dead, that he actually did end up kind of did being he a little Stewie wound. Too? <laughs> yeah, and he made Stewie and also that shift. <laughs> this whole team, yeah, they did the shift. I love the it. I love that you have this kid's aluminum bat and then that turned green. Like it, 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 We find out that Stewie just completely did miss it. He made a contract bat and hit it, but you end up having it launch up. But then Stewie, Stewie's life from now on is downhill. He's never going to do anything better in my mind. No, no. This this was the peak. It's Stewie. Kid's like eight. <laughs> He's he's done. So you end up where Hal gets a message. He's he's everything's nice. I'd love also where the other team is now so pissed at Hal. He lost the game for him. He's the losing pitcher. They're like, why did we get this old <laughs> dude to be the pitcher? That oh, yeah, guy the sucks. other team's got to be pissed off. Yeah. I mean, they're probably they all psyched. Yeah, we can. We'll let a we'll let a hero pitch for us. Why not? Sure. We had that weird nightmare, but we'll let it slide. He's he's got powers. This should work out. And he gives up a home run to Stewie. Look <laughs> up home run to Stewie. <laughs> and just like see you later. Sorry about the playoff loss. Why is that? That Hal is doing this to help Stewie, yet he's just dashing the the hopes and dreams of, of nine other players at least on the other team. I want to like, see the backup pretty... story about the the kids. We need like, this dream the other little, team. The, the kid who is beaten for losing the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. You end up there, the Yankees that end up eventually playing the bad news bears then. So we find out that's exactly the origin story. So he gets a message from Carol and he goes off. He's like, okay. And, and in this, he's going to continue this deal. Oh man, maybe Nathan and her broke up. She wants to talk to me. It's just like, let's talk and go to dinner. Let's talk this. And in the meantime, she was supposed to be getting this contract from the Pentagon. So when he shows up, she says, hey, we need to speak. And then she says, I'm still with Nathan. Nathan's actually at the Pentagon, and they're going to get this contract. But the big play is, hey, how, asshole. This is why Carol said originally, like, I can't have you around. People have now died because of Hal being around. Sinestro wanted to get his attention, as far as we know, because they end up showing the, you know, the video deal of Sinestro Hal season. Oh, my God, he's here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was stolen? She says nothing. There was nothing stolen. I think that he just wants to make sure you know he's there. <laughs> he just there. went all through that to get on that camera. <laughs> all through that. I mean, the guy, he likes intricate plans. But then when it comes down to it, he also likes just busting doors open. So he, Part of he, me hopes there is actually down. nothing more to it. I think that would almost be Oh, funnier. that would be great. <laughs> I, I also, again, I want to see that continuing story of the baseball team. I also want to see the continuing story. <laughs> we got like three spinoffs coming out of oh, this Oh, yeah, thing. the spinoff of the makeshift team that now is sitting around waiting for that next opportunity for Sinestro to do a bullshit plan. <laughs> All right, now, what's that next, boss? Yeah, really. He's like, well, I, I, I am hungry. I want to get some, you know, fast food. So can you go burn down the place, eat three people, and then <laughs> just grab me a Big Mac and come and give it to me because he's nonsense. This is one of the things, though, that is intriguing because Hal goes off to a bar. As you would. It looks like it's more of a coffee shop, but I'm saying it's a bar. And uh, he ends up where he's like, okay, let me think of this. And he thinks at this play of what happened on Korrigar. And everybody thought that what he was saying and through this whole play is that he might have killed Kilowog. But it looks like here that maybe Sinestro did and maybe and how looks like he's trying to stop him 
in this deal where is that Hal the third one? Behind? I don't know. It looks that's like like white haired Hal. Yeah, it, it's like I that's what was confusing to me because definitely Sinestro and Kilowog, and then there's somebody with white looking hair reaching towards Sinestro. So I guess that's just. I, I mean, I, I'm, I normally like Germanico's heart, but the, Germanico's yeah, heart. Yeah, that's but, uh, weird. This and one's it's not. kind of the play. And in that, I, you have them, what looks to be Kilowog and whatever, you know, old Whitey, Whitey Herzog over here. <laughs> and it might be that Hal's watching the scene from the point of view and he's still not stopping it. But even it is, it looks like they're all yellow lanterns with Sinestro, which is crazy. But in this play where the Green Lantern Corps has been taken by the, you know, the Federation of Planets deal. Uh, you might have that people are like, oh, screw it, we'll do this. They're bad, whatever. We don't know. But the play here looks like Sinestro might have done something to Kilowog. Right as he's thinking this, Sinestro struts in with, with that jacket. It does look kind of funny at that point when he's next to Hal indoors like that. But he ends up saying, With the I believe, still up. it's funny too. He's like, I believe you've been looking for me. And he's like, no, actually, I just found <laughs> really out like five minutes ago. I think you might yeah, be looking for me. I saw that security video, but I, I was kind of just trying to get a drink. So like you said earlier, that whole heist, it, it didn't matter. He could have just went here and found how it's not like this led to how them wanting a coffee. It seems like, in my mind, like I said, I've got to drive Hal to the (laughs) brink where he just needs to go to the diner because that's the only place I can confront him. (laughs) Only the stress of King Shark eating three security guards will cause that reaction. I ended up, I thought there might be some play in the uh, the menu deal. I kind of went and looked at that, and I'm like, I don't know. Nobody zoom in on the. uh, (laughs) I I thought there was going to be like some funny burgers or something like that, but. Why isn't anybody there either? He's the only one there. So that's uh, I was comes thinking in. that too. It's an oddly empty diner, including staff. Yeah, and I'm also looking at what are these pictures around? Now you got, you got my wheels turned. Now I'm thinking it's the diner a construct. You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Hal's just gone full like a Scarlet Witch here and just created an it entire might be. world it's for himself. It's just an entire deal. I'm looking. I do believe I might be wrong, but from what I've seen, I think that the picture right above Hal that might be Zermonico himself. That might be a self portrait oh, really? there. What is this whale thing? That, like, there are some stare, interesting like, photos or, or, or paintings up there, I guess. There's like just a man and a woman, but then there's a <laughs> weird whale thing that's multicolored. Thing. And then and maybe a, a shark shoe. of some kind. Or, or is that a shoe <laughs> or a shark? A I don't know. <laughs> I didn't uh, know what was. having fun up there. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's doing he his definitely thing. is. And it, it's cool. And I like this. Now, we do have a backup. It's the Philip Kennedy Johnson backup with John Stewart that's going to lead into next week's. Uh, what is it? The the John Stewart book, War, the Green Lantern. I I can't remember War Journal. I War Journal. What, that's it, what is. it is. And so you have that. And uh, I had not liked the backup uh, up until now. And I knew I should have told you right away. These are mind benders. That it, it's tough for somebody to just jump in and know what's going on. But what you really get in this is what looked like it was a story in the future. It looks like it's in the multiverse, and that kind of sets up what will go forward with. And the idea again, where how. He's antsy. John Stewart's a guy who has to be doing something as well. So you play that up. But you've been doing that the whole time. I'm not a big fan of Montos's art in this. It is a horror type art. That's kind of a horror story with the Revenant Queen. I haven't been that interested in it. I'm going to kind of just say we're going to skip that a bit and see how War Journal is. Next is it a week. rule that only artists with one name can work on Green Lantern books? Is that an editorial decree right that's now? That's what it is. <laughs> that it's from now on. I'm going to have to just go by Werner 
That's without guys. It's not as cool as Montos or Mon- No, Monica's you got to have a cool sort of Latin flair to it, I think, for it to work. Shit pants is what I'm going to go with, I think. But I'll be, it's like shite pants. Something I, that doesn't work either. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting any of these jobs. Plus, you know what? I can't draw for shit. Not with those names, you're not, no. But drawing is secondary, but yeah. I, mean, I didn't end up, you know, going further in my career because I had bad names that I came up with. <laughs> but by the end of the actual issue, I thought it was good. I think it continues that feel of the first two issues. It's not anything that I think is great yet, but I do trust Jeremy Adams from the the Flash stuff. I do think that he is slowly giving us some things. But right now, I mean, what is going on? I mean, is Hal just going to haul off? Are they going to fight? Because if they do, they're destroying this poor diner. Or is this a play where Sinestro, I thought all along, Sinestro was going to come back to Hal and say, this Federation deal, they're sus, we have to stop and we have to do this, what's going on? But I don't know, because this issue fully puts Sinestro as really bad, so we'll have to see how it plays out. What would you give it? Well, you know, since I'm, uh, you know, we usually do uh, on second print art and writing, but since I'm in the second print, uh, since the second print, since I'm in the weird science house, yeah. uh, I'm going to try to do it gym style and just kind of you know, feel you this thing. it out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been feeling like you uh, with this, where it's, it's, it has the potential to be good. There's been nothing that I didn't like, nothing that has uh, had totally blown me away. But I, I'm enjoying the direction, and Jerry Me Adams has dropped enough interesting little tidbits that may or may not go somewhere. For example, King Shark and the whole heist, if that'll go somewhere or not. But like I said, I, I almost think it's funnier if, if it doesn't. But I, I guess we'll see. But I, I, I read Jeremy Adams. Uh, almost, I'm almost done reading his fa- Flash run back on the uh, DC app, and. Uh, Similarly, that was a really fun run that in the beginning, I didn't quite know what was going on. He puts a lot of things out there and you don't exactly know what's happening, but he keeps it fun, keeps it interesting. And I ended up pretty much enjoying uh, that run. So I, I'm kind of just giving the same same faith to this one uh, that it's been pretty fun so far. It's a, it's a very much a back to the basics. It's a back to the basics while at the same time introducing this entirely new ring with potentially new you know construct type powers or maybe that's an old power that's now a new power. I don't really know, but I'm not. I'm not bothered by any of the things that I don't uh, fully get what's going on with because it doesn't feel like I, I'm not going to be answered as, as I might feel with certain other writers. It feels like I know Jeremy Adams is going to pretty much lay this stuff out for me and, and has some ideas here and it's probably going to keep it fun. So it's definitely I, I'm most interested in in what Sinestro is really up to here. Uh, Sinestro, I think, is just one of the best villains in DC Comics and he's the perfect foil to Hal. He's that kind of villain that... Like any, like any good villain, they they should really be best friends. They're almost the same guy, the flip version of each other. So I always enjoy the Hal Sinestro interaction, and uh, I'm curious to see where it goes. And uh, I enjoy that after, even though I don't get it after all this this whole shenanigans and charade that he shows shows up at the diner. I mean, <laughs> so I mean this this kind of ending though to an issue, it really does make me want to flip that page right to issue four and see what Sinestro is going to say. So I think it's very effective in that sense. Uh, so overall, I'm enjoying the direction. I'm going to just. You know, I, I like this a lot, actually, because I really I think it's upped even more by uh, the art of Hermanico. I think my only complaint is that just that one panel we talked about where I can't really tell if that's Hal Jordan or some strange other white haired. You know, I'll give him a pass because he probably used that energy into all the detail on all the pictures in the diner. So I'll just I'm just going to give him a pass on that one. Yeah. You know, I'm going to give this one an eight. I thought it was I thought it was a pretty I'm good an issue. Eight. Yeah. I'm an eight as well. I'm, I'm a solid eight. And the other thing to think about, too, is that when Hal ended up making that will ring you know the ring on there he was getting attacked by that manhunter armor and all that going on and that might even tie into maybe a different power set and things that's going on i don't know we're gonna have to see what's going down but i i'm i'm interested i am very interested i want to see and like you said 
I want to see what they're going to do once, you know, Sinestro and Hal next issue, they're confronting each other. I think that that'll be pretty cool. Plus, this is one of those books. You don't get books often where you can come up with three things that you can laugh about that could be really (laughs) funny on a side deal. Uh, But this is one of those. When he ended up having his flash run, one of the things that me and Eric really wanted more of was that barbecue where you end up having Buddy (laughs) Animal Man and you have one guy, he's pissed off because it's, you know, know, vegetarian burgers and stuff and you have all that nonsense. So there was always some fun with that as well. So I, I do like Jeremy well, that's Adams, one thing but... I can say for all Jeremy Adams' books. I mean, it, it never, even when there might be a, a serious crisis of sorts that the heroes are dealing with, it never feels so dark that you just can't, that you you always have fun and with I, it. I like that. And and on top of that, you kind of, as you were talking, I was thinking of another thing. The idea where he does present mysteries, and usually he does tie them up, but he doesn't, he's not trying to be overly clever he right, doesn't right. end up, this isn't like a Grant He's not Morrison trying to Christopher book, right? Nolan you here. You know, Chris or, you know, yeah, yeah, he's not trying to do that. He just wants you to have a mystery to get interested in, have a reveal. Hopefully it makes sense. And a lot of it's just fun. So yeah. I do like that. And, and just the idea of how being able to do different construct colors or not even having to try, that that's, could end up being fun. That could be some fun things. But like you said, things can get dark, but there's always that fun part of it. So I I do really like that. I do really like them. So thank you for joining me. And I want to shout out everybody. Go to the show notes and check out. I'll have the links to Mark and Remzo's Second Print Comics podcast and YouTube channel. Please go subscribe to all of that and then even join me on their Patreon because it is awesome. So thank you once again for joining me, Mark. And I hope that you'll want to come back at some point uh, in the near future as well. You'll have to decide that. Uh, you can save that for off the deal where you rip into me you know, and sure. tell me that I'm nonsense. But I, I hope that you will. I would be open to, to continue fun. this run for, for sure if, okay, for, well, as, for as long in. as you need it. So consider that a, a contract. I, I would even consider, and only because while while I'm not blown away and I'm, I'm kind of confused by it, I would even consider this John Stewart book because, you know, they gave okay. me... They gave me a green Guy Gardner in here. So, you know, he's giving me something. <laughs> and I, lo- I love Guy. The bowl cut makes me giggle. I was more of a mullet guy. So I, maybe I should like Kyle Rayner at points. Oh, I, but- I had a hardcore bull when I was just breaking into comics. And Gardner was my, my spirit animal. He is such a, a pain in the ass. But I like I, that's why I like Damien. I like characters like right, that right. because it gives you that, you know, that more dimensional of a character, a guy who looks like he should be an asshole, but is really actually one of the better heroes. I really love that. So everyone's that, got that friend in, who's who's an asshole, but you're like you know, at the end of the day, like, well, he's a pretty good guy. He's just he's kind of my asshole, you know. That's how you see again. Guy. It's the that's the guy that you're trying to convince, like your significant other of things. Like, <laughs> no, 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 he just isn't a drunk that ends up shitting in, in the punch. No, bowl. he's really loyal. Trust me. Yeah, like when, if we have to move, he will be the one guy who shows up. You just have to <laughs> deal with this shit and whatever, but. Yeah, everybody has those. So with all of that, it's the problem is, is a lot of people have just those like five of those (laughs) friends that doesn't work at all. So, yeah, then you're in. You are the Green Lantern guy and uh, and especially the gun. So that even works out. So (laughs) I will have you on and we will do that. And I do hope that this is one of those things just to extend this even more. The idea that I did want to have people continue doing the books that they're doing, because then you get that feel of what they like and not like. And then you get that. I always like that where a podcast you're like, ooh, 
you know, like Remso isn't going to like this one. That, that's right, what right. I say all the time. And then the occasionally time. you get surprised when they, <laughs> yeah. they throw you a curveball. like, holy crap, Remso likes it. So with all that, thanks again. Everybody check out these show notes and uh, we'll move on to the next book. All right. We have one last book to go. And to do that with me, I have Zach. What up, Zach? What's up, Jim? What up? And we have Batman Incorporated number 12. It is the finale. It is something that they kind of like sneakily, what is it, you know, backdoor ended it. We yeah, weren't really they just, sure. They just didn't say anything. Yeah, they didn't solicit another issue. And I had been saying, even to Eric on the podcast and off leading up to it, that I didn't think it was going to last much longer. And then at one point did say to him, this Joker Incorporated story is going way too long. I think that this is going to be the yeah, end. It, and I thought that at one point, like, you end up having this Joker Incorporated story. If it wouldn't have been canceled, it probably would have been over like two issues ago. But since yeah, you're not going to start, right, you're not going to start a new arc just to end, though. I think that maybe they could have been better played and the Joker Incorporated at 11. And just give some sort of send off for this book for people who've been reading it like us. I don't know that me and you are me and you are the only ones reading it. I don't even know if Eric's gonna finish it. I actually messaged him. He didn't read it yet. And and that's the problem is and I I had even talked to some people, then I'm doing some other shows and things like that, and they're oh, what do you want to talk about? What what did you read this week? I'm like, Well, I read Batman Incorporated number twelve. It's a finale. You would think people would want to talk a finale. Nobody wants to talk about it. They're like, nobody's no. reading that book. Well, it's canceled because nobody's reading it. But me and you both enjoyed it. Yeah. Eric was enjoying it. I, I think that it was one of those things that it had more potential than it ever, ever, you know, gave us. It never really lived up to its potential. I thought that the first arc was a little bit overdrawn. I wanted them to focus more on the team. You liked it more than I did. We were yeah, talking yeah. beforehand. I, I did like that first arc a lot. Uh, I didn't love it, but I did enjoy it. I liked seeing what Brisson was doing, trying to uh, expand upon what Zdarsky did with Batman Tonight. And I really liked the Phantom One character being created. And I really liked that. I liked all that expansion upon Ghostmaker and his mythology. It wasn't a great Batman Inc. book, but I liked it as a Ghostmaker book. And it then, should have just been, but it wouldn't have sold if it was just Ghostmaker Clown way. Hunter, right? I know, but, yeah, you know, hindsight. Anyway. Maybe they should have had Batman's enemy, Ghostmaker. They just want Batman on the cover. And that's, yeah, what's that? It should have just been a Ghostmaker, like, miniseries, like a six-issue mini, you know, just have Ghostmaker training Clown Hunter around the world, and we find out more about Ghostmaker's past with Phantom One. And it could have just been that. It contained story where Ghostmaker's training a new sidekick, it pisses off Phantom One, and he comes in, and that's what the six-issue mini's about. That'd be fine. And it kind of, I mean, if you want to go with it, you can look at it as kind of like two six-issue minis. You can go in, out, whatever. But nobody's really reading it. That That is the big problem. Now, overall, then, this is the problem. And and some people have already actually messaged me today where they had read, like, there are a couple people reading it, but the idea that Okay, Ghostmaker, by the end of this, they reset him as I'm going to kill, kill, kill. I'm against Batman, blah, 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 and goes off. And this one guy said, oh, man, I can't wait. They'll have Ghostmaker versus Batman. That might be the case. But if they do, that just goes back to the beginning when he showed up in, in Tynan's deal. So it'll feel like been there, done that. It has to be something different than that. But also maybe you're going to have to wait some time. So at the end of this. We'll talk about it by the end. The idea that is this series, was it a waste? But 
on top of that, like you said, you liked the first arc because it expanded on what Zdarsky did. Does this end up making all of that a waste? Like, did you end up spending too much time on a character that I like, you like, Eric likes? You know, there are some fans, but he has an action figure, Ghostmaker. But in this all-around deal, was it worth it? Was it worth it by this point where he's not going to be able to sell a solo book? You see this. Now, like you said, maybe if you really played it out as Ghostmaker, maybe. I think that what happens a lot of times, and really what what happens with Tynan, he ended up throwing, I mean, Miracle Molly we were talking about before, but Punchline, Ghostmaker, Clown Hunter, all these characters, you know, or such hits as the first victim back in the day. But they won it because they ended up, Tynan becomes huge. He leaves and they wanted to grab onto these characters and try to, you know, get the magic with other people it doesn't seem to be there but i never thought that it was quite there anyway and and this is my big problem i almost forgot what i was going to say the idea where when tynan left everything got elevated oh my god we need a punchline book oh my god we need ghostmaker and these are characters that should have been able to breathe you know get some breathing room have them in a urban legends or a brave and the bold like oh my god you need to get to the point where people enjoy the characters they want more of them, not the idea of, oh, I used to like that character, but man, you're really trying to shove it down my throat. That never works. But in this day and age, a lot of these characters, they do try to elevate immediately. I mean, look what happened with Naomi. That's the perfect yeah. example. The She's biggest gone. character, they said. At one at one point, Ben disclaimed that it was the most important character. And this is straight up quote. The most important character in the DC universe. They tried to shove that character too quickly down people's throats, and now she is gone. You know, and, and yeah. maybe, maybe five years from now, she may pop up somewhere, and you're like, oh man, I, I think I remember liking that. But it, it, the whole play of it, though, you kind of burned your bridges. You kind of, you know, blew your load, I hate to say, with it, <laughs> and you end up having a character that people now look at as a failure or at least like not so great and it, it's a shame because these characters could be pretty cool i thought that ghostmaker's kind of a cool play eric originally said it was like a new wrath which would be yeah. kind of neat but what do you do with them now but we'll see because we'll get into this book now that i've yelled and screamed about that it is batman incorporated number 12 written by ed briss and pencils and inks by john timms colors by rex locus letters by clayton coles and the editor, Ben Abernathy. <laughs> the editor. This is for you, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a new, you know, brand, brave new world now with these editors. I'm telling you, if and when Eric comes back, he's going to shoot that right out. We're not going to be doing that. He doesn't There's care. a lot of changes that uh, Eric's not going to be fond of. Yeah, he's not going to be a fan of. And, and that's the, the, the whole play is there's the danger of him like, I don't even need to come back because that's no podcast I yeah, remember. Just, yeah, he's just going to be like, 10 hours. Editors included. What the hell is this? It's like I have to read editors. Get out of town. But yeah, I, I actually told him the six-hour podcast, and he giggled. And we used to do the ten to twelve hours, so it's not no crazy thing yet. But who knows? Yeah. Next week, a lot of books. But I would we say end up books next week. There's tons, so we may get to that deal. So you end up plus that and a manga. But you end up where yeah. we start in Melbourne. Melbourne, it is. Melbourne. And you end up having this big destruction going and the idea, oh my God, 
you know, what's going on with the team? We know this is the last issue, and what we end up having in this issue is just let's, you know, let's give the lay of the land. It kind of give you like, hey, this character's still alive, that character's dead, Ow. but this guy quit, and so I know. And and this starts out the the thing that gets me upset. Dark Ranger, he's alive. Yeah. He is in a crater next to just a, 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 a skeleton of nothingness. Yeah, it's pretty a much a skeleton on fire, and he's like, help! And they're like, oh my god. Jack I'm like, no, you better get him a hearse because he's not going to survive even getting out of yeah. that crater. But he's alive. Oh, my dark. Just start filling in the hole now. Yeah, yeah. It really, just grab a shovel, boys. So you end up where, okay, they wanted Dark Ranger to continue. Now, when I say that, I will reveal that it didn't come to be my biggest thing that I wanted Wingman to be Bruce Wayne. And yeah. it would have been cool if it would have set up where you would have had those. You don't really need Ghostmaker to actually kill somebody. You just have to have him try to. And it would have been cool. Wingman stops. Get the hell out of here. I'm Bruce Wayne. Batman. Boom, boom, boom. But you don't get that. They actually nope. mention that he is dead. He's a casualty of this book. They're just like, they're like, that 30 people died and Wingman. And it's just like, really? You're just going to tack that on? And I will tell you right now that when Eric does eventually read it, I know he's going to get a hold of me. And the thing that he would have said during this review and would have been really, he'd be pissed off about is the idea. We really never got who that wingman was. It, it was kind of a shady area. The idea, it, it shouldn't have been Willis Todd, Jason right, Todd's dad, because that kind of got shifted around. But if it was, that'd be big. Like it, there could have been a big deal with the death of wingman. You realize now they didn't tell you because he was just going to die at this point, and now <laughs> it could be anybody. And Wingman is a character that's more of a mantle, not just one guy. So if they have a Batman Incorporated two years from now, there could be another Wingman. There's no reason that there wouldn't be. And maybe they'll be like, yeah, that last Wingman, RIP, never to reveal who it was. But you end up with all of that, then we just go back to the Great Plains, South Dakota, where we end up having Raven Red. Hero and Clown Hunter going against Dusty Bronco. And we ended that last issue where yeah, Dusty Bronco was about to get choked to death by Raven Red. And again, this is where, okay, what's going to happen? Do we want to have Raven Red continue? Will he be able to? Will there be, but, but you don't want him to kill anybody. So you end up having him just decide at the last second. And it, it, again, everything in this, don't you agree, is like, Cliche to deal. Your dad wouldn't want that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was right, just right? I, I rolled my eyes where it's like, hey, uh, your father wouldn't want this, and it's just like this man has talked up his game nonstop for the past five issues about I'm gonna kill Dusty Bronco, and all it takes is just saying, don't. Your father don't want this, and it's like that's it. That's really that is a good phrase. If I ended up, if I did a written review, I think that my tagline would be that's it because every <sighs> time you get. You end up having Dark Ranger. Hey, he's alive. Get him an ambulance. Like, that's it? You're okay. just going to yep, say it. that? Then you end up getting Dusty Bronco. Hey, your dead one want this. Okay, I won't kill him. That's it? So when How do we stop you the end bombs? up having that, it's and like lethal weapon. Yeah, that's it's it. like lethal weapon. Yeah, lethal weapon now because Dusty Bronco gets up, grabs a gun, and he's going to end up shooting Raven Red. And that's where Clown Hunter comes and hits him in the back of the head with his bat bat. But then yeah. he ends up... In, Here's the big thing, too. This book seemed like it was supposed to elevate Ghost, Ghostmaker, especially, but also Clown Hunter. That was yeah. his sidekick. It did nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing at all, right? 
And so when he ends up hitting him, it's like one of his biggest lines of the whole thing. And he sounds like he's, you know, simple clown hunter. He's like, don't worry, he not dead. I used to not stabby side of bat bat. I'm like, get out of town. I had really wanted him to actually hit him with the battering and like be like, oh no, I am Ghostmaker's sidekick now. Like I yeah, do believe why in this. Not? He's killed so many people before and it's a clown. He's clown hunter. He's already killed a bunch of clowns. It's just like, sorry, I couldn't help myself. I'm a clown hunter. Or he's just like, hey, I did, why did you do that? Well, you know, Ghostmaker's right. We can't do yeah. this bull crap. And even when you do that, like, why are we trying to rehabilitate Clown Hunter, at this point, I think that you can kind of say we probably won't see him much again. But even so, he still clobbers, you know, Dusty Bronco with a bat that has, it's a Negan bat, even without that, you know, deal of the batarang there. It's still a bat in the middle of nowhere. He he still crushes him with that. So he's still being very violent. But hey, that feels like it's supposed to be almost like a sitcom moment. Yeah, Dusty Bronco is going to be as simple as Ghost uh, Clown Hunter now. Yeah, he's just the end of this. I'm waiting like for the, the I'm waiting for the you know the canned laugh of the hey, don't worry, it's not the stabby side. Ah, I just you know. when he said that, I felt the canned laughter, and I was like, oh god, what are you doing? So then we go and again, this is a let's tie all this stuff up. So yeah. the big play here is that Joker has these Joker Incorporated characters. That have that bomb It's the bomb yeah. in their body If they do anything If the Batman Incorporated characters Do anything Grab They try to kill Whatever You have to kill them To get them That's the only way To disarm the bombs You gotta kill them You can't take them anywhere You can't try and defuse You can't Basically these bombs Are foolproof But then we stop them With an EMP And it's like Yeah what? Yeah Because you end up having This whole play With Night Runner Driving through Paris He ends up having Charles de Gaulle In the back of this armored car He doesn't explode though yeah, he's yelling, how do I, you know, get this bomb out? And you end up having Knight say, well, keep him right where he was. You can't take him anywhere. Oh, whoops, I already oh, did. Oops. But the bomb didn't go off. And again, this almost feels like at one point it was a proximity thing. Now it feels like if Joker might not see it yet because he's their press, it's it's bullshit is what it is. It turns out Joker's playing on his Nintendo DS or something. Yeah, he's, he's not paying attention. So while that's going on, you end up having... Gray Wolf, who's desperately looking at that piece of one of the EMP bombs, the one yeah that was destroyed or whatever. Yeah, the one that they ended up where it was already ripped out of Guy Laughing. That's the one they grabbed when he kind of disappeared and threw out, you know, hey, he got it out, what happened? So he's, but there's nothing there. We already know yeah. that. He's it's- there with like a scalpel and a tweezers. I don't know what he's doing. Literally last issue, they're like, there's not enough for us to do it. And it's like, we just gotta try again. They tried again this issue, and once again, they're like, well, we got shit. Yeah, it's it really ends up being the classic of, I've tried nothing and I'm all out of ideas. So then, and then you and just then have Knight do- who's driving and says, wait a second, let me look, kind of comes in, uh, look, Okay, I think that what this is is there's not a real good jacketing around this, and we can take it out with an EMP. It's like they, they try to do that whole, like, what's it called? Occam's solution or Occam's yeah, razor? Yeah, the Occam's the razor. That's the simplest is, solution. solution. But yeah. it's, it's not a great deal. It's just no. there because well, here's they the have to I, do it. Remember when Tynan created Ghostmaker? He had, like, the whole ghost net stuff and all that electronics. You wouldn't think that his suit could just do an EMP? You would think. And even then, it doesn't do it anyway, because remember, every time he gets recorded, the security cameras go out. That's got to be something like that, like an EMP. You would think just by being near them, they, no, the bomb would Unfortunately, he's not in, in Melbourne. 
So you end <laughs> up where that's the big play. Hey, everybody, all you need is an EMP shot, and then that will disable the bombs. Now, again, yeah. I kept thinking of the idea when a Joker dies, because, again, you want to kill these Jokers. That's what Joker wants you to do. Then maybe he flips the switch off, but that doesn't really go in with that <laughs> idea of how it is, ends up being disarmed if you kill one of the Joker. And well, guys, I, yeah. You could have done the thing like from Arkham Origins. Uh, have you ever played Arkham Origins? No, I have not. Okay. In that, uh, the only way to defeat the Joker is to fight Bane, and Bane has a heartbeat monitor set to his heart. And if uh, Bane dies, the I think it was like the electric chair would get disarmed that was holding a Captain Gordon hostage. Mm-hmm. But if Batman refused to kill him, once his heart rate got uh, heart rate got above a certain beat per minute or whatever, it would fry Commissioner Gordon. So what Batman does is he killed Bane. Joker so it was basically forever away. evil with, with Nightwing. Yeah. Oh, okay, I was yeah, saying okay, that I realized that's exactly yeah. what it would be. Yeah that's, but yeah, that's much simpler. How do you how do you end up maybe getting somebody's heart to stop for a second? You could do that maybe I, with an EMP. Maker, you I'm could sure do it with an EMP. Knows. I'm yeah, telling well. you, you end up shocking somebody like that. It might end up having an irre- irregular heartbeat that ends up, you know, causing it to go. It, it just ends up ridiculous. They could just go- electrocute the hell out of them like they freaking did with Batman of Japan. Ghostmaker doesn't even care. Like, he doesn't really care about any of this. He is yeah. just trying to kill Alpaca. Yeah, he's just That's all doing. he's doing. So he's not there on any comms saying, Hey, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to go there. He is going old fashioned that the only way that he can get done this one deal would be to kill Alpaca because Alpaca has guys throwing people off of roofs. But you end up where Knight yells to everybody, hey, get EMPs. And then we just get like Jiro. He's going to go and grab stuff out of his car and make an EMP. Yeah. It, like, he electrocutes the hell how out of Dusty Bomb. How long does that take? And, and yeah. even then, when they're doing that, you end up where. As that's going on back in Paris, you end up having Nightrunner who ends up just taking that truck right into the Drake. He goes right to the river and yeah. it blows up. So you end up and Charles he talks Degool. underwater. Yeah, R.I.P. He's talking underwater. He's doing he all says R.I.P. to the fish. That that's that's the joke. That more canned humor. And yeah, I was why like, do you, you have these me? jokes? So then the big play should be. I mean, one of the big plays was Raven Red and Dusty Bronco because he was doing that for his dad. But the other like. In this, if you were a big knight and gray wolf fan, you, you're getting shit. You're getting shit on shit here because all they're doing is looking at that. Oh, my God, it doesn't have a, a steel jacket. EMP this stuff. But they're just sitting around. Then yeah. we go off, though. The big play is in the Kangbashi district uh, where you do have Beishi, the Batman of China, fighting his sister, Alpaca, his Joker. But you also have El Gaucho and Clown or Ghostmaker. The, the idea of this, too, is like, that's such an overpowered team anyway. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, El Gaucho should have been off just doing one of these things while you end up having, you know, Ghostmaker doing something in Beijing. But the whole play here is, I'm going to kill your sister. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. And so yes, when I they am. end up getting the word of, hey, you need an EMP, while shit is going down right before this moment. You end up having Ghostmaker completely lose it, decide that he's not going to yeah. stand for any of this. Instead of killing Beiji's sister, Alpaca, seems to kill the guys that are throwing people off hey, the he, building. He but killed them. There, there's, you cannot convince me otherwise. They get three knives in the foreheads. 
the physics of it and the progression doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He ends up Jason tackling Alpaca. Caught one and threw the knives at the same time. And it's just like, I don't, I don't understand. Three knives. Know. And somehow I thought that these guys might have been the guys on top of the roof, but you're still like, it doesn't make sense. It, it is them. It's supposed to be them. It, you end up where all this is going down. So Ghostmaker then tackles Alpaca and it's like, you're going to die. I don't care about your brother. And that's where they get the word. Hey, everybody, we need to do EMPs. At this moment, El Gaucho and Beiji just kind of stop and say, oh, man, hey, hey, Beiji, could you make an EMP in my sleep? Okay, well, can you make that now? Yeah, but you got to make sure that my sister's safe. Like, sister should be dead by then. Yeah, Ghostmaker's just sitting over there waiting, like, I'm waiting. And it's like, why? You're so intent on killing it's her. It's so ridiculous. So then El Gaucho gets a call from the Joker. To say, oh, well, Gaucho, you guys messed up. You broke the rules. I'm pressing this button. Everybody's going to die. And he presses the button, and that's where the bomb goes off in Paris. Charles yeah. de Gaulle dies. But so know, does Paris doesn't. Like, there, there's a little bit of a delay. All of these guys should be dead. But at the yeah. last second, Ghostmaker, and, and the progression, of, and I do like John Tim's art. But yeah. the progression and how the story, it's too quick where when you go and then see Alpaca with Ghostmaker on top with the knife, like you could, or the sword, and you could sit there, oh my God, he killed, but you don't even get a chance to even get it. He slices then into Alpaca and then pulls out with his blade the, the bomb. It should have went yeah. off by now. We saw two pages before the button was pressed. Alpaca's not dead, and the bomb's there. Bullshit. This thing should yeah. have blown up and killed all of them. It should have brought yep. that building down. Bullshit. And then that's the big play of, I'm not going to kill her, but she deserves to die. Then out of nowhere, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we got to go get Sky Spider. That means you both yeah. forgot. Yeah. It's such a weird play here that you, she was forgotten by everybody. You have an editor's note that tells you where she was last in here because Nobody would know. They, they Everybody yeah. forgot about Sky Spider. And like, oh, you're a piece of shit there, Ghostmaker. I believe I am. And then he just yells everybody to HQ. Yep. And now it's just him saying, hey, get this, guys. Batman's a prick. I, I, I tried to do it. He actually says, and it's. I think that the best part of this is Ghostmaker actually admits, listen, I don't believe in any of this bullshit that Batman said. I, I tried it his way, but I like that he said it was a challenge. He said, it, it, I get it. I, I'm telling you, Ghostmaker is a guy who's always bored and yeah. wants these challenges, so it makes sense that he, and they should have reacted more about that. If you had more space, because he could have said, listen, I tried to do Batman's thing. I thought it'd be a challenge to maybe play, and they should have said, you son of a bitch. I this was a game for you. Raven Red's dad almost died. Wingman did die. You have Beishi's sister. Who knows how, uh, you know, she's a killer, but still. But he did it because it seemed like a hoot. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, ah, I didn't think I'd be able to do it, but I wanted to give myself a little challenge and try it out. I'm like, go to hell, buddy. But he ends up saying, Batman's bullshit. Batman inks a failure. I'm not going to do this. The idea of not killing is not my way. Sayonara suckers and then just Because you're kind of Want to leave something To go forward he says I'm not gonna fund you But you know this trillion dollar base Pretty cool right you can Have it here you go yeah you Can have it and it's just like yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's just bullshit. And and even in that, like, then you end up having this whole, hey, are you going to be in the team? Are you going to stay? I don't know. I think I'm going to go. Eh, I might stay. And then you have, like, Bray Wolf. Hey, I'm going to stay. And has that little connection with Knight saying, yeah, this yeah. seems like family. I love the idea that he says at any point, because she says, you, you probably want to go back to your people. And he's like, well, you know, the, the thing is, is that we could just fly back. I'm like, who's paying for everything from this point on? Yeah, yeah. Because not one person here has any bit of money. I, I swear to God, this team has two nickels. The night and the night's gonna fund them. How how much money does she have? Who knows? And the idea that Gray Wolf's like, yeah, we'll just take the jet here and there. I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna have the money. Like right now, they should be really figuring out who's even gonna pay for the electricity in this place. But they're like, hey, whatever. And yeah, it's it's a nice deal when you do have nights. Like I'm glad to hear it. I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, and, and they're happy that yeah. you end up having. You know, Ghostmaker leaving Raven Red, who could have been the breakout character. I'm, but yeah, he was my favorite character from the yeah, series. Yeah, he was my favorite. But even so, what did you get from him? Oh, Nothing. man of bats, my dad got hurt. You, you didn't get to give anybody real character work. And so I, at Gray Wolf actually had some, but even so. So at the yeah. end, you have Clown, like, hey, Clown Hunter. But the idea, too, if you go around, I, I love the idea. Ghostmaker leaves, right? He's like, I'm out of here. I swear to God, Clown Hunter should have ran to him and said, well, can I come with you? And yes. at least then have Ghostmaker say, I don't need you. Like, you're a piece of grin. Like, you're nothing. And, and really get him kind of inspired, upset, whatever, to go off. Because once you end up having Ghostmaker leave, you look at that table. You look at them. I mean, legitimately, most of them are different versions of Batman. And then you have a kid with a bat. That clown hunter. He doesn't fit. If he ended up, I'm telling you, the minute that he says, hey, I don't think I'm going to stay. They're like, thank God we were, you know, drawing straws to kick you out. You don't belong here. And then he goes yeah. back to Bloodhaven. But I, I just, then, what? When, he, when he said in Bloodhaven, he's like, I thought they needed me, but they don't. And it's like, yeah, nobody ever needed you. The only time you were useful in this entire series was during the Professor Pig story. And that was just because you talked to Bloodhaven kids, something that anybody else could have done. Best thing he brought this series was just to have Phantom One show up and get upset. I mean, it, it was more a prop than actually being yeah. a character, but that was a cool little deal. Even then, you could have had that little bit of a last bit of character work of like, hey, I thought I was going to, you know, hey, Ghostmaker, I thought you were going to train me, you know, to be your sidekick or whatever. And you could have had Ghostmaker in that last bit. Because remember, as we were going, Ghostmaker started to seem like he was kind of showing that he does care a little. He might not yeah. be such a socio or psychopath as we thought that he could actually at the end reveal, listen, this life isn't for you. You know, I, I'm going to go do my own thing. I have to be alone. I'm going to be a target now. Batman's going to be after me. And I, yeah, I would like to have trained you. But after the stuff that happened with Phantom 1, I realized that that's just putting somebody in a death sentence. And, and you should go and be a teenager. Go and have fun you see, and be yourself. I, I, well, I, I honestly would have liked to see him go off with Ghostmaker. Like, Ghostmaker be like, well, fine, at least one of you. That's why I wanted yeah, uh, Clown Yeah, I wanted Clown Hunter to have stabbed uh, Dusty Bronco. Yeah. And then Ghostmaker be like, you're all bullshit. But you know what? 
clown hunter. We have one guy. I he he followed orders. He's a good fucking soldier. He's coming with me. You didn't have to kill Dusty Bronco. He could have just and they could have said, "Oh my god," you know, and they just say, "Oh, he's in a coma. He might survive. Whatever." But yeah. you end up where again, it's like Ed Brisson gets a hold of the higher ups. Hey. What should I do with this, you know, clown hunter? And they're like, who? He's like, all right, (laughs) here we go. Because he ends up deciding, hey, I'm going to go back and you have those kids and the cheap pizza in Bloodhaven. I promise you, Tom Taylor will never bring clown hunter up in Bloodhaven Park. Who knows? What's that? I'm telling you, here would be the best. Would you laugh if you ended up where three issues from now, Heartless kills him? It's you know, even at least better. Heartless it would again. be hilarious. How about this? You end up where because Nightwing, he's doing shit. All of a sudden, Clown Hunter kills Heartless. He's the big hero of Bloodhaven. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. That'd funny. be great. That would be great. What I do like, though, and I I did say to Eric a bunch of times with that the the idea that Nightwing is oh my god, you really changed Bloodhaven. You really helped. He didn't really do that much. He made the but you do get cheap pizza, and when you're yeah. out on your own. And maybe outdoors. I, he might be, you know, homeless here. At least he's got some, uh, you know, cheap pizza, though. I'm telling you right now, I look at that pizza and the idea, seriously, I know that people, well, some people don't like pepperoni or some people don't get half pepperoni. Just get a whole pepperoni. If somebody doesn't like it, they can pick the pepperoni well, off. I mean, seriously, I, he's getting I, that, that from pizza. That pizza did not look appealing to me when I looked at it because it looked a little green. I was like, why is this pizza a little bit green? Like, Cheap is there pizza. supposed to be like oregano on it? Like, what, what, what the you hell is that? You know what? And I say this, and I have this, you know, kind of a pet peeve about this half pepperoni because a couple of times I've seen this go, and usually they, they're going to charge you for a pepperoni pizza. And you're yeah. only getting half pepperoni. If yeah. you end up doing that, I think that what they should do is you talk to them and say, listen, I have a lot of people who don't like pepperoni. Double the pepperoni on the one side and then have the other side plain. At least give me the amount of pepperoni I'm paying for you, right. jerks. And then it looks yeah. like he's just got drinks and he's like, hey, hey, you goth emo kids, you want to eat? And then they just start eating pizza. And the big play is, I thought you had friends that needed your help. I don't know. I don't think they need Maybe my they help. Maybe will one day. Yeah. And then he says, I, I decided to come back here just to be me. The problem is at this point for the amount of issues we've had with Clown Hunter since, you know, Tynan introduced him. Who even knows what that means? Because we don't he really had know like the character. one issue during, what was it, Fear State? Wasn't it like an annual he had? Joker War. Like, oh, I okay. believe it was because the okay, idea. Yeah. yeah, it was Joker War. Yeah, well, it's just like when he went home, you know, like he, I mean, he didn't really mm-hmm. do anything. I mean, did he like, he, he said Wonder Woman was his favorite superhero. Yeah. Like, I remember that, but, you know. Um, Not much. He yeah, likes that. But the real him is murdering clowns like he should have done with uh, with uh, Dusty Bronco. That should have been the real him. We, we just saw last week in the Birds of Prey where Hart, there's still just random, you know, jokers going around just hitting people and stuff like that. So you yeah. have some people to go. But even so, like, in this, maybe you could even have had him say, you know, to Ghostmaker. Ghostmaker says, listen, come with me. Let's finish the shit up. Let's wrap the shit up. Because yeah. you do still have, you know, die laughing out there. But that's how we're going to end with Joker Inc. They end up where, okay, are we going to continue the team? I don't know. But yes, we are. Because die laughing is the one thing that Knight and Grey Wolf, they couldn't figure out, couldn't get. Why is this guy, like, so out in the open, too? He actually escaped joker and batman incorporated to just then go to cardiff wales i know not many people in wales right 
But he's there like out in the open, just fully out. And he ends up robbing a bank and says, hey, you guys saw my face. Everybody's going to see it. And he's like, I'm going to take it down. And you end up with what is the final like joke, but not joke. It's like a continuous line where he ends up saying no good deed. And then you end up having his gun get grabbed out of him. He goes, what? And then and you Gaucho just have goes, El Gaucho. No good deed goes un- or no bad, what was it? No good. The, no good deed goes unpunished. And okay, it's yeah, like, yeah, that's, it. that's not funny. That's not yeah. even good. And then you end up where Knight says, I told you we'd be coming back for you, Die Laughing. Why is Die Laughing so important? <laughs> it's just the one that they were supposed to get. But like, you could have had them do There's anything nothing. else. You I love the idea them- here. Like, just me and you are sitting at the table. You know, I am the Joker. Of Quaker Town, that—that's me, right? You're you you're the Joker of. I'll give you the full play. You're the Joker of the Carolinas. You, you got yeah. it all there. So we're here and we're at the table, and they say, "Okay, you know, Ghostmaker's gone. It's a shame he ended up being a piece of shit, but you know, who would have seen that coming? We have his stuff. What should we do?" They end up saying, "Well, what we need to do is get die laughing." I'm like, "Uh, what about the Joker?" <laughs> the, the, the guy who led all this, the guy who yeah, was like, there why, tormenting us this whole time. Y'all didn't even give him a second thought. He's the one who detonated the bombs and caused all this shit. And you're like, let's go after Die Laughing. And I'd sit there. I'm like, I hate that guy's name, though I did like it by the end. But the idea, though, you have the whole entire team swooping down on the Die Laughing. Remember that the Joker's whole play in this was to get all of these guys. Not to be Batman Incorporated, the way he was going to do it is they would all have to kill, so Batman wouldn't allow it. At the end, you don't even go with that. You have the Batman Incorporated still there. They go get that Levin and Joker just, I guess, you know, goes off to that Matthew Roosevelt piece of shit book. It, but it does not fit with continuity right now at all. No, it, like, it, just... it never should have been. You have a Batman Incorporated that doesn't have Batman. You should have never had the Joker. You should have had what would have been maybe Alpaca. Because of the connection with Beijing, getting a group of Jokering together, you never should have went as big as having the Joker himself in it. Never made sense. Didn't feel right. Yeah, it should have been. It could have been a third imposter. You should have just had somebody else being like, "Oh, hey, I heard there was two Jokers in America. Why couldn't there be a third? And I'm telling you what I would have wanted because uh, again, where Ghostmaker's trying to impress Batman with this deal, I would have liked to have had you know even a new character. But what they're doing is. We'll make Joker incorporate it. We'll take that. We're trying to impress the real Joker. And yeah. maybe he'll let us in. But you never had that. It was just the Joker and just nonsense. And so, yeah, at the end, instead of saying, let's go get the Joker, we'll get that. Again, though, if we're there taking a boat and I'm, you know, hey, hey, Zach, what, let's tell him what we said. Hey, we want to go get the real Joker. They're like, yeah, I don't think we're going to live that. I think yeah, Die no, Laughing might be no. a way to start. Let's go get Die Laughing. I'm like, oh, right. It could have been a cool reveal. It could have been like, what if the Joker, like the one that was doing this whole Joker Incorporated, was actually Die Laughing posing as the real Joker? And that's why we never saw him with Joker Incorporated. Like, and we, and that's anything. why he ended up being able to take the bomb out because it never was really yeah, there. He never and had it. The big guys. And yeah, so all of it was, that's it. Because you end up EMPs solve something that was going on for like seven issues. You end up yeah, having it, this play I, of just people just, you know, surviving, not dying, leaving. And that's what we're left with, right? Just just random shit happens and it randomly gets tied up. And it's just like, why? Yeah. So what would you give it? 
I'm giving it a five, and I mean, I don't want to say fuck you five. Fuck you! But, I am. But I, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm okay. a fuck you five, and, and not that uh, the, I like the art a lot, except some of the progressions with Dosemaker, yeah. but the idea that I just read 12 issues, and it ends in a way that I am mad that I read any of them. Like, that's yeah. not how to end a series, to get people I, I mad. Still, like, I still like the first arc. I still like it, but yeah, Joker Incorporated did not need this whatsoever. I guess they wanted to try and save the book with Joker being in it, but you just killed it worse. Yeah, it just it it never ended up getting its footing. It never ended up getting a full out direction what we thought would be to elevate or at least, you know, evolve Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter, introduce some new characters, get people into these older ones. We didn't even say at one point you did have Raven Red where he went and got his dad mana bats out of out of out of the yeah. hospital and the whole players let me walk you're not allowed that is true that happened to me the one time i got hurt uh but yeah. yeah once he gets out he gets up and says i'm proud of you son you didn't kill dusty bronco all right yeah i mean it didn't need to be mentioned because i mean like i'm not gonna say who cares but like at the end of the day nobody cared yeah, that, that, the problem is is now you have like Will you ever go back? I don't think anybody will ever reread this. There's no reason no. to, unless Raven Red comes up sometime, or there's something referenced when Ghostmaker comes back again. But I still don't think, I mean, all you have to know from this, say Ghostmaker does show up and he ends up, it would have been cool for him to be funding Catwoman. Maybe that would have been a bit the, the timings off. I, I was going to say, would he pop up in Gotham War? Yeah, it would have been neat or even show him. He's like, I'm not getting involved with that shit again. Because remember, when he showed up from Tynan's deal in the regular Batman run, he ended up coming because he thought that Bruce wasn't doing the right thing in Gotham. He thought that Bruce had let Gotham down just like everybody else thinks and kind of seems like it is. But he ended up kind of becoming friends in a weird way. Like the transition was really odd from full out you know enemy to best bud yeah i i, I remember bitching about it yeah it was like it, it really just kind of happened weird like off panel almost like all of a sudden they were friends and they accepted yeah and the idea too of the bat family they are a bunch of hypocrites they're a bunch of like the people that they do accept but then they don't accept others it's like i don't get it i don't get it you jerks like the idea and eric will yell and scream you know Hey, I say Jason Todd killed Bob. Well, so did Damien. You're right. So did Cass. It really, they did. Oh, well, what about Ghostmaker? Everybody and then in the he's family in. has killed at some point, yeah, apparently. Yeah, it's just crazy. So with that, though, I don't know when we'll ever see these characters again. I don't but, think we will for at least two or three years. Yeah. And so you end up having two trades of a book that are just dead on the shelf. I don't think anybody's going to yeah, pick well, this up. Well, the first hardcover came out this week, too, and I almost thought about buying it, but when I bought issue 12, I was just like, well, never mind. Yeah, d- don't even encourage them. Y- you yeah. encourage them, and then they're going to have thing, a... D- I, you know. I like Ed Brisson. I do, but this was not his... Uh, I was telling you about it earlier. He's a very mid-writer, and what I mean by that, his beginnings suck, his endings usually suck, his middle is what's really good. Like, you know, when he's starting to actually flesh out and develop the characters, then he does good stuff. But then... He just, I guess he takes too long to do anything that will get anybody interested. And then he gets canceled and then it just ends terribly. Yep. So at so, this point, you and Eric still wanting the Stormwatch book. Actually, I stopped reading that, Jim. Yeah, yeah. I, I did too. Yeah, I Once Eric left the deal. Anymore. I couldn't and do it. Uh, he has Alpha Flight over at the uh, Marvel at this moment. So that's the, okay. But The only Brisson book I'm reading right now other than Batman Inc. is his Predator, which I do enjoy his Predator. Which, uh, you and Gabe. 
Yeah, well, Gabe Gabe just ended that mm-hmm. like two months ago. Oh, yes. Yeah, so. I, th- I think the second arc was much better than the first one, the one that you and Eric read or whatever. <laughs> arc? We read that oh, first, first issue. issue. Yeah, right, I, I, I didn't first. read anything else. I ended up reading that first that, issue. That Eric first hated issue it. sucked. I yeah, Eric that. hated it and he didn't want to do it anymore, so I wasn't going to keep up with that. But I don't know. Ed Brisson is kind of like that guy. Like, you hear his name. I, I Oh, yeah, Ed Brisson. But once I think about it, I'm like, yeah. He's better he's than Martin or any of those hacks, but he's not as good as, well, he's not as good, period. No. Yeah. That, actually, there's not tons of that good of people at DC, so I'll, saying, I'll take him. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I'll take having a bad beginning and ending over just having a bad everything. Yeah. Again, though, th- this what this ends up, and we'll we'll wrap this up, what this reminds me of is what ended up happening at the end of Test Force C with Matthew Rosenberg. Yeah. Like, the idea of, like, yeah, this wasn't worth all those issues. This ended up yeah, just dead. And so... I Task was kind Force of upset. Z should not have been twelve issues. It was a six issue series, like because they did the whole freaking thing in that where it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, we are about to have the one up. Oh, we're back to where we started. We got to rebuild oh, it back that up. Book, like, every why? time you read an issue, you didn't know what the hell they were going to say. Yeah, Two Face would freak go. out every issue, be like, "We're screwed, we're screwed," and it's like, "No, we're not." Yeah, Matthew it's Rosenberg. Like, like again, I like Ed Brisson more than Matthew Rosenberg, but Eric will say Vendetta. So we'll see. But yeah, yeah at the end of this, fuck you, five. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going, I'm going normal five. I'm just yeah, going normal five. But, yeah. but this isn't going to be my book of the week. I'll, I'll tell you no. that. But I'm going to go off now to reveal that book of the week and let everybody know what we'll be talking about next week. A lot of books. All right. And that is it. My books of the week are, I believe, Batman and Robin number one, Green Lantern number three. And we'll even shove in the Joker one, Operation Joker chapter six as well. So three books that i ended up giving an eight out of ten that's pretty cool pretty cool indeed but here is what we're going to end up talking about next week there are 11 books remember two of these will be on our patreon spotlight two books picked by the badasses the get fresh crew i'm telling you right now i'm guaranteeing you it's going to be green lantern war journal number one and wonder woman number one as well so if you want to listen to those and even this past week batman and robin number one one of my co books of the week as well as the world's finest teen titans number three go over to patreon patreon.com slash weird science help us out for everything that we do here on this feed but also get a ton a ton of shows as well but here are the books that will be featured next week there's 11 of them i'm telling you we're going to get close to an eight hour podcast next week i'm going to guarantee it as they used to say batman superman world's finest number 19 we'll have uh some fun with that continuing that origin story deal first meeting all of that jazz there we also have cyborg number three I have not really enjoyed that cyborg book. Hopefully that changes. We have the continuation of the Gotham War in Catwoman number 57. We'll see if Teeny Howard can bring her A game. I'm not sure what that is, but we'll see. Green Lantern War Journal number one, Philip Kenny Johnson starting off that book, the John Stewart book. Me and Mark were talking about that a bit earlier, and he's going to join me for that. We have Hawkgirl number three. Continuing that Axel Rod series, hopefully we'll get a little bit more Hawkgirl, a little less Galaxy. That's kind of how I would think it should be since the name on the marquee 
is Hawkgirl. We also have Nightwing, number 106. It feels like a long time since we talked about Nightwing. This is going to start a new arc where you have, I believe Babs is going to go with Dick Grayson. They're going to go find out about the hold. If you remember those damn pirates, it's a pirate life for old Nightwing, and he's going to head off. Remember, he ended up having that safety deposit box type thing in the holds bank. This seems to be him going off to find out what that's all about. We have Superman number six, Joshua Williamson, continue a book that I really like. Remember right before Night Errors, I almost said Nightwing, right before Night Terrors and Summerween, we did end up having Lex Luthor get stabbed, and it seemed like he was bleeding out, which he should have died then if that was the case during Night Terrors, even if it was just one night. doesn't matter. You're bleeding out one night is enough. So we also have Titans number three. That book, hopefully going and trying to solve the future murder of Wally Deal before we get to the Beast World that we'll get in the next month. Vigil number five, the penultimate issue of that We Are Legends book by Ram V. So that'll be kind of cool. And what I think is what everybody's going to be talking about down at the local swimming pool, Wonder Woman number one by Tom King. So we'll see how that is. They ended up having that preview in a bunch of the books this week, and I had already read that preview and was not that impressed with it, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll keep an open mind, see what's going on. Two of those books that will be picked and put on the Patreon spotlight. As I said, I believe it'll be Wonder Woman number one, which Rocky has already told me he is going to join me for that. And then I also think, as I said, would be Green Lantern Ward Journal number one that Mark will be joining me. So kind of have that said. It's going to be another one of those weeks that I'm going to have to record like nine or ten separate things. It, it's starting to wear on me. I need Eric to get back just because of that. But as I said, when Eric does return, we're going to keep some of these books that me and Eric don't talk about going. But also, I might grab all of these co-hosts, grab them, give them a big old hug and say, listen, why don't we just take this party and then maybe get the whole Marvel podcast going with multiple guests? Because I actually do enjoy this. It does take a lot out of me. So does walking upstairs and I still have to do that But yeah, I I have actually had a real fun time Talking to the various people Some of the people I've talked to before Some I just ended up talking when we started doing this So let's see how it all rolls Let's keep our fingers crossed that Eric will be back sooner Not later But in the meantime, the show must go on as we keep saying But thanks everybody so much Thanks for listening Thanks, everybody, who joined me for this week's show. Make sure you check the show notes. You can check all of those links, especially I think this one is pretty much going to be focused on second print comics by Mark and Remzo. Mark joining me for the Green Lantern book. So go and check out their links. Hit those and head on over to their website, their podcast, their YouTube channel, their Patreon, all of it. Their, you know, profiles on Tinder I don't know, I don't know how they roll But, they, you know, there you go I'm Telling you, it's it's pretty late now <laughs> Getting really, really tired I gotta go to bed, but that is it, everybody Thanks, everyone And I will talk to you all Next week You are all weirdos Weird science is the revolution Weird science is the revolution